0: It's not all these external factors that you want to blame of why you feel miserable all the time. Maybe some of that misery is coming from those foods that I'm eating and fasting is the only way that we were able to realize that because we're putting these giant gaps in between when we're shoving food in our fucking face.
1: If you stop eating, then your body can do what it's meant to do to process the excess that you have in your body autophagy autophagy which literally means to eat oneself oh yeah cannibalize oneself And willing to look at the choices that you've made and make the connections and not have to be in a Groundhog's Day for it to happen a thousand times for you to go, wait a second, where's the connection here?
0: Yeah. Our next bite that we're going to have, like all this shit is going to come back to bite me
2: in the ass. (laughs) I can feel it. Greetings!
3: Dave here to welcome you to Long Walk Short Drink, episode 91, as in 1991. The year that gave us both Lionheart and Double Impact, and Boys in the Hood, as well as Rush. One of my Palmer's picks. Gonna come up later again, that Palmer's picks. How about Cuffs, <laughs> Christian Slater? As as George Cuffs, who needs attitude when, wait, who needs, when you have attitude, who needs experience? Fucking A. Shout, John Travolta and Jamie, introducing Jamie Walters as a young musician in the 50s at like a, what is it like, a, it's, a, it's the dead poet society of rock and roll. It's like from the, in the 1950s, John Travolta comes to town and introduces this all boy school to, uh, to rock and roll. Also in it. Heather Graham looking gorgeous. Holy cow! Uh, I don't know if this is available these days, but check it out. Uh, speaking of gorgeous, uh, twenty-one in nineteen ninety-one, the film Twenty-One came out with Patsy Kensett. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I need say no more. <laughs> Another beautiful lady in this film: Necessary Roughness. Yeah, <laughs> Kathy Ireland. <laughs> Plays a kicker on this uh, ragtag football team with Scott Bakula, Sinbad. <laughs> oh boy, I used to watch this a lot. It's, it's a fun movie. <laughs> oh, well, we're still on the pretty lady track. Um, how about the Rocketeer? Introduced me to Jennifer Conley, who I, I, I don't have the words for, <laughs> for what uh, seeing her in this film did <laughs> to, to my young mind. And then, same year, ooh, career opportunities again. Either you know this, or if you see this on YouTube, um, this strap shirt, as as Palmer calls them on uh, on this woman. Oh, maximum comedy at minimum wage. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. That's coming out on Blu-ray uh, uh next week. So, um, also 1991 showdown and little tokyo (laughs) brandon lee and dolph lundgren (laughs) in this bonkers movie one's a warrior one's a wise guy they're two la cops going after a gang of japanese drug lords feet first (laughs) fuck yeah this movie's too much fun check that out uh a very cool movie that came out in 1991 but didn't come to home video till a few years later arizona dream uh so this is johnny depp jerry lewis faye dunaway lily taylor it's a weird little movie. Um, the thing I remember most about it actually is Vincent Gallo does like an open mic, you know, but instead of playing music or doing a comedy routine, he acts out the scene from North by Northwest where Cary Grant is chased by the plane. So I think he brings some corn stalks onto the stage and just does Cary Grant's side of that scene. In the movie, they intercut it so you can kind of track what's going on in his mind. But of course, the people in the audience of the small club where he's doing that have no fucking clue what's going on. Uh, I think that was on Criterion recently. But of course, I don't know. I can watch my VHS. Uh, Also, VHS, I still have Frankie and Johnny, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Al Pacino in this um, very adult little relationship movie that I was into by the following year when it came out on home video. (laughs) Oh, speaking of home video, 1991. 1991. Oh man, Universal launched what became known as its Silver Top Monsters Collection, eventually releasing 37 in a row. Classic monster titles with a haunting new look and a price to die for. I'm holding Frankenstein, my favorite. Maybe the movie I've seen most in life, but there's a ton of them. Uh, Also got The Wolfman here. How about also... Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, and then I guess you can see over my other shoulder here on YouTube. I, I I don't I didn't count how many I have, but as I said, ultimately there'd be thirty-seven of them in a row released uh, over the starting in nineteen ninety-one. And I gotta say, those movies were like my Marvel movies. Like as a kid, I know like in the nineties, this is kind of a little odd because they from the thirties and forties, but that was my introduction to continuity. And uh, there'd be like four films sometimes five per like monster and oh, I love them. I still watch them um, all the time in music. How about Pearl Jam's 10 came out in 1991. Great record. Look at this. Look how fucking pink it is. (laughs) Um, You too. Baby. Beautiful, beautiful album. Beautiful uh, LP here. I'm holding. Look at this. On the back. You don't see this every day. Check this out on YouTube. X'd out of a lot of the CD covers. I get in trouble here, but look at the uh the much larger, as he says, fifth member of U2 there, Adam Clayton. <laughs> the nude. Uh Madonna's truth or dare. The, I mean, I know this is not an album, but the the, the concert or well, the documentary film or her concert tour for her, her album from that time. This is she's something else and i think we forget that at least uh, maybe i did at times but i watched this on blu-ray a few years ago Goddamn damn amazing um as you know of course we're not talking about any of those things um just like we're not talking about how to be anti-racist so you want to talk about race or white fragility uh these three books though uh i read in the last year and i recommend you do too in fact this and this last one white fragility i didn't read till last. Uh, The subtitle, of which is why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. So someone told me that based on all the other work I was doing and whatever, maybe I didn't need this, but I think this is maybe the first one to start with for white folks. If nothing else, it'll help you kind of understand the interactions you've had with other folks who are maybe not in the same place and they're um, learning about these things. Uh, Anyway, so I recommend these books. I've read them, as you can see, annotated them. And uh, this episode is coming out the the weekend that the first new major holiday in what four, 40 years is introduced to uh, a net first national holiday uh, in over forty years introduced to the U.S. Juneteenth. If you don't know what that is? I didn't necessarily till a few years ago myself. Look into it. Read these books. Uh, you know, expand your mind. All that good stuff. Uh, you can take it. You know, they're they're intense, but you're fucking grow up <laughs> so what else so also this weekend would be father's day so uh, wishing my dad uh, i don't think he listens nor, nor do i think he should but uh put that out to the world happy father's day to yo jimbo fathers everywhere um what we are talking about this episode is the continuation of the conversation that uh, i had with ash and palmer uh last episode you would have heard our discussion of the stand. Uh, series the 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 latest retelling of uh, Stephen King's seminal novel. Um, the first half of our epic conversation was around Palmer and Ash's uh, whether well, their intermittent fasting, the the various things that they were they've been doing um to to affect some positive change in their life and to kind of try try out various things and see how they work for them to to feel better. And to be more healthy, and to um, you know maximize their their joy and happiness. And so, I'm all for that. Always interested to to learn how other people are doing that, and really uh, impressed by by the the lengths that they're going to 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 make these things happen in their life. Change is hard, and they're fucking doing it. So. Uh, we'll get to that here very soon. And then actually after that, I'll uh, I'll come back to uh, introduce the last segment uh, or the latter half of the show, which is Palmer and I just kind of shooting the old Shinola and a very old school, uh, long walk, short drink type um, rambling chat that could have come from like our first year of shows. Um, but bef- and so we'll get to all that here. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to tell you about the latest kind of thing I made or finished the uh, actually what I had anticipated being able to share with you uh, today didn't hasn't been published yet um like i thought it was going to be but i just so happened to finish a project that i've been chipping away at for quite a while which is um, a kind of a digital remastering and digital presentation of the entire run of palmer's picks palmer's picks was uh, um my first collaboration with palmer and it was a movie review show that aired uh weekly on wctv throughout the 1999 and uh the premise of it for those new here was that Palmer is the host and he would uh, bring on a guest. Almost uh, almost all of them were like cabin kids or anyway, but, but there was ultimately, you know, almost 30 of them. So it expanded a little bit beyond just our circle of friends, but uh, so the so people would come on, they would bring in three library video titles um, that, you know, 99 cent rentals at the time, and uh, they would talk about them uh, for 10 minutes each or so. And then at the end of which... Palmer would reveal which of the 3 if any were his Palmer's picks. And uh, it was a really fun show. Some of our episodes are on YouTube, but there's a lot more restrictions there. Um, you know, especially with the clips from the films we would get kind of dinged and uh anyway, but I got nice, you know, as good of VHS transfers as I could, kind of maximize the sound, etc., clean them up a bit and just kind of was uploaded them to the Dreaming Out Louds Vimeo site and now there's a whole like gallery there where you can watch. I think it's ultimately 31 videos. So it's 27 episodes plus the uh highlight um clip show that actually I put first even though it was the last episode. I think it's the most accessible and most fun to watch and really introduces you to the uh to the series um and then also there's like a, a making of short that has some behind the scenes intermixed with a one of the Uh, filming and you kind of see the wctv control room and all that stuff and palmer and i talking things over with the guest our friend katie and then about eight to ten minutes of just kind of raw behind the scenes that i didn't realize actually um existed until a couple years ago when i was digitizing a bunch of stuff from uh, an unfinished wctv documentary that i was filming for around that time but anyway so that all of that is available it's not super easy to navigate to um but you can find it. I just tweeted about it on, at Pod on Twitter. You can find the link there. I will put it in the show notes here. Or if you just email the show, LWSDPod at gmail.com, I'll just send you the link. Um, so so there you have it. That's um, stuff I've made, movies I like from around that time. And uh, and so now we're going to get to the uh, the conversation that I had, the autophagy conversation. With Ash and Palmer, enjoy. Yeah, I can't remember how much of anything about, if anything about, your fasting regimen, the the reorganization of the house. I think we talked about it, but I didn't end up including it in the Apostolic episode because it just felt right to get to it, and I and I knew we yeah. were planning. Oh this. yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, okay, so I know. And I'm always fascinated by how folks like institute, or at least try out instituting change in their lives. And you both wait,
0: baby, gotta wait for the opening. We
3: oh yeah, let's do others. no, let's do that. Well, let's take it oh, as a cue.
1: sorry, it was water.
3: Oh, it was water.
0: Oh, okay, okay, great. <laughs> oh, Whew. You almost ruined the show tradition. I did it. I did it like the last three times we've been online. I've just been like. I can't wait anymore for this beer.
1: I, just, <laughs> I will wait so, to to open the beer. I will wait. Well, well, to but that end, we can water. start.
3: We can start there too. I've <laughs> I've got all the options yeah. in front of me.
0: Yeah, I uh, have. A, let's open a beer.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's open a beer. Right. <laughs> then
0: I'll just drink it all. I have this Natterday pineapple lemonade Natterday. That's what I'm drinking. What day is it, Natterday? <laughs> yeah.
1: This is a Narragansett shandy. This is mango passion fruit. Nice. And it's quite delicious.
3: And I was really hoping to try the Guinness kind of coffee brew thing, but then I couldn't find it. So oh. so I've just got the uh the extra stout here, a bigger one. Oh man, that stuff like right. are... Yeah, it's tasty.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Awesome.
3: Yeah.
2: On
0: three. And three. All right.
1: Yeah, this is just really good. <laughs> That's great. It's really good. That's like
3: Well, cheers, you two. I'm glad. I'm glad to yeah, glad to see you and be able to spend this time together, sort of,
0: in the yeah, ways that we're able absolutely. to. Absolutely. Your handsome face. Very this nice. is twice in a week. This is a treat for me.
3: Likewise, yeah. Ash, I yeah. got um, I got caught off guard. Like we, we were talking. Um, I was getting some some details, kind of about. Work, work, work stuff that I normally don't get because we weren't necessarily recording to share. And uh, I was just caught off guard about something about the combo of your husband's like facial hair. His glasses and the t-shirt he was wearing and all the, the weight loss will perhaps talk about. But I was just like, oh, I found I was not listening. I was like, he's looking good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a handsome that's man. all
3: I can focus on. <laughs>
0: yeah. I shared that.
3: He is a
1: handsome man. Yeah, I wish my I'm like glad, had that effect. I'm glad effect, you shared it. Had
0: more of that effect. Oh, and our toilet totally is viewable. Holy shit. It's right there. Pun intended. I told you yeah man that's i said when i have video it.
1: calls when i've had a video call on this computer before i've gone in and closed the bathroom door because our toilet is on display <laughs> which Just i mean like hey we, we have a toilet a good break. for us <laughs> but yeah that is the th-
3: yeah. you know it's fun. i mean i don't maybe because by the podcast listeners right here so one of uh when i go through like you know post new episodes and stuff sometimes i'll see the titles and in the last year or almost anyway one of the titles is a uh, big sky in the morning shitters and the morning shitters tells the story of when that toilet uh was it broke. replaced broke yeah
0: yeah that's the replacement that's the one uh, that
1: i had to yeah. put in at 10
0: p.m
3: where it all went uh, down
0: 12 yeah like
1: <laughs> i was volunteering and didn't shit! answer my phone where, where are we gonna shit
3: oh my god the panic <laughs> to that couldn't it, answer my so phone. Relatable.
1: i couldn't answer my phone it was awful yeah <laughs> I was cuddling babies at the hospital and my phone was on silent in my pocket and he's blowing me up. He's like, You're always texting when you're volunteering, and this is the one time you're not looking at your phone. <laughs> this is where we shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How are we gonna shit? We shit in the morning. Right. Oh, oh my
2: god. That, that was is
1: the biggest issue. Serious was business. There were hours in in mere number of hours I was gonna need to take a morning a big Bucket morning. A,
0: like that is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. dire. It was serious. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you bring up, and you bring up on Google, you, like, you, I checked Home Depot, closed already. Shit. So then I checked Lowe's, <laughs> and they closed in 50 minutes. Like, it, the Lowe's was 20 minutes away. So I'm like, I got to get everything I need in 30 minutes. I'll have 30 minutes to get everything I need to replace this toilet. Oh, it was awful. Just, yeah.
3: That's a great story. I think
1: my favorite part of the whole story was talking to Rick about it later and you telling him what happened and his first response was to make sure you knew about these things called chair height toilets and he had been checking them out and they were really they seemed like they would be I'm like, really dude, I'm not good thing for, I'm you're not like splur- no you said I, yeah I got one that was what I got <laughs> I know about those toilets that's the kind I got
0: <laughs> but he was just making sure that I got like the top of the line toilet if I was going to be mm. paying for it like
3: uh. <laughs> i can't even remember the last time it might have been did we talk about jordan peele's us together or was it no it was I a know. quiet place i think funnily enough
0: was, was that the, been... last, the last thing we saw it would have been so awesome the last time we saw
3: ash yeah show. on on, on yeah. the show i think yeah um and you guys are gonna go to see a quiet place in a movie theater uh what, monday we May? want to place two?
1: yeah we want yeah. to yeah for yeah, two, yeah.
0: yeah. We were hoping that we
1: Possibly would have already Monday. gone. Possibly
2: yeah.
0: Monday. Possibly Monday. We were hoping we would have already gone. We had like, we were like this close, and it just didn't pan out. So uh, we got to do
1: a fight. Yeah, oh, a
0: fight. <laughs> yeah. And it makes it. You don't want to soil that experience. You haven't done that for over a year. The good. You want to. You want it to be like on all good vibes. That's mm. a good call. Yeah, because
3: you need to be yeah. unified in that moment. Because I asked the. I told yeah. the bride last night. I was like. You know, I think they're going to go to see A Quiet Place Part 2 in, in a movie theater. Would you want to go to see that in a movie theater too sometime here soon? And it's like, would you be comfortable going to a movie theater um, right now? And uh, she's like, I would be comfortable going to a movie theater. I, I don't remember exactly how she quite put it, but she's like, I'm a little like, I'm not sure to to see... That movie, but not because she doesn't want to, but because she's like, it's gonna be so tense and all this. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, you gotta see. That's why yes. we gotta see this move particular movie, in the theater. Yeah. He's
0: making such a hard sell, which, which it's so interesting because John Krasinski, a, you're you're making John planning? John Krasinski, yeah. yeah, like he was he was actually on a press junket when COVID went down last year for A Quiet Place Two, oh. like a Quiet Place Part Two.
2: Yeah, they did and all it the promotions twice.
0: All, yeah, yep. all the promotion for it. So and it's funny because if you watch the interview with Stephen Colbert, like Stephen Colbert has <laughs> the CD that they gave him over a year ago of that had A Quiet Place Part 2 on it. And he's like, you know, the the studio has been hounding me to make sure that they get the CD back because <laughs> apparently I'm going to sell it on like the bootleg market. <laughs> Yeah. Um but he said I want it to be known that I'm handing it back to you now like nice. you are now in possession of it so he gives it back to to John on the air. But he's making such a, a hard sell of we pulled it from the theater and we waited until now to put it back in the theater because I made it for being in the theater like you like it's a theater movie. You, mm-hmm. it's for that experience. Something and, you
1: have to experience, yeah, on that screen. Yeah.
0: And yeah, just us having such a fondness for the first one—it uh, just, I'm glad that I held out for my return to the theater to be for both a movie that I have some kind of sentimental stake in, and then also for a director that's making a hard sell that these movie, you know, his movie is for the theaters. Uh, well, it's
3: a, it's a different. It's a it's a it's rather unique. Yeah, it, I, it's kind of a singular argument for that. Usually it's like these, you know, most filmmakers want their work to be seen in a theater. Um, sure. You know, if it's not made for television and probably even some that are. But um, usually that's about the kind of immersive experience and you're focused on it or like the the grandeur of it, of some sort of blockbuster type movie. But for the for the Quiet Place movies, I mean, this is all based on my experience of the first one. Like that whole thing of like you have to be quiet and or like fucking terrible shit will happen and people will die. And it, it, the, that experience like in the theater of like, so the movie itself is quiet and and something about that actually then forces the audience to be quiet, both to kind of yep. not be disruptive, but then also like something about the, uh, you're, you sort of feel like, oh, I can't make a sound. Because the bride said that too. Yep. She's like, I don't want to, I'm nervous about making noise on my food. And I'm like, you know, you like the you get the so, the soft pretzels. That does it's gonna be me with to chomp into the popcorn that's gonna be a problem. Anyway, I'm trying to make the hard sell as well. But I just think it's yeah it's, you know, you hear that a lot about like gotta see this in a theater. But I, I do think that this particular film would be really done a disservice, like to just see in the yeah. privacy of uh, of your home when you can you can escape, you
0: know, you can pause and, and get away, you can talk if you want to yeah. make yourself feel better. Yeah, I I I know action movies like get the like they are the ones that get the most argument I feel like that that it's worth going to the theater for like a big Marvel movie or what have you cuz the the spectacle that's involved. Yeah. But I hands down the theater experience at a good scary movie is a million times better than one of those action flicks. And for all of those reasons that you're citing, like do you remember the Blair witch that experience in the theater with Blair witch and just like everybody in the, I saw that at various show times, like matinees late at nights in a drive-in and there were all of those experiences shared this quality of like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) You can just feel that sense in the audience, you know? And yeah, it really enhances the experience. I, I, it's the same thing that, like, even at home, it's way more fun to watch a scary movie. You know, Ash always says, like, you you know, I don't have to watch that. You can just watch that without me. And I know I can. It's just not as fun. You know, it's mm, like, yeah, I don't yeah. feel like I get as scared unless there's another person there. You know, like my logical oh, brain. like, Yeah. You, like, feed off of that with another person. You yeah, know? And, yeah get ramped up and all that stuff. And then in the theater with a good scary movie, even more so. So uh, I, I'm really excited to catch this movie in the theater. I think it's going to be great and just be back in the theater. It's going to be awesome. So, and I, I think we're going to, we're coming into as it, You know, if things keep progressing positively with COVID, I think the next like 12 to 14 months, we're just going to be flooded with amazing shit. Like, yeah, I right. So. you yeah. know, stuff
3: that came out of, they're the... just
0: like pumping out like all the yeah. stuff to get us back into the theater, you know? And yeah, I think this, they, we've already had stuff released in the theater. That was worth, you know, depending on if you were a fan of it or not, that I'm sure was worth it. Like Kong versus Godzilla or mortal Kombat, Uh, a couple other, there's that one with, um, Angelina Jolie that came out. But I think that, we're gonna start seeing some major block, but like you come out to the theater, it's gonna be a big summer for movies. I feel like i'm I'm really excited for it,
3: yeah, there was one out. movie I saw at home, a horror movie that I always meant to bring up with you, and i I didn't I'm trying to find what it's called quick um that actually utilizes the home experience uh it's a zoom call thing, horror movie I'm trying to um, oh really, yeah, and it was actually surprisingly good. I'll be able to find the title here in a second. Um.
0: Host is it called Host? Yes, I the think 2020 so. Twenty Twenty British independent film.
3: Yeah, is it like forty-five minutes? Well, it might miss a miss. It might be a misleading time running time because part of it is so the whole thing takes place on Zoom. It's kind of one of those things that like sounds like it's going to be bad. 50- yeah, yeah. Okay. So running time. For Fifty-six minutes yeah and so that might include some extra stuff because what it is it's so it takes place on zoom like we're talking now and it has all the conventions of that and all the things that and it came out in 2020 so it's like something we're all so many people were forced to experience um and there's a
0: link tell me if that's it when you get it. i think this is it
3: no thanks i'm thank you for rescuing me um i heard about it on the podcast i like so much the films to be buried with um he does like a end of the year thing. He's like, this sounds like it'd be terrible. Yep. This was it. This was it directed okay. by Rob Savage. And I can't remember what platform I watched it on. Um, But uh, yeah, so it 100. sounds like it would be bad, but it, but it, but it's a really kind of cool and effective horror movie that makes good use of this, the restrictions of like, and it's perfect. This thing is perfect to see at home. This would not actually play yeah. the same in a theater because it, it's more scary because of it. So it takes place all on Zoom. You only ever see things through people's web cameras, um, and 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 it's like you kind of you buy the circle of friends, um, and uh, you know I won't spoil anything, but uh, um, but it's also then restricted to the time limit of like if you don't have the paid Zoom account, so it also oh jeez has this kind of built-in <sighs> clock countdown, and it's kind of a I'm trying to remember. There's like um there's kind of a seance type thing where they're trying to summon uh someone or people. Uh but it's a little horror movie and it's uh it's really worth worth it. Um and yeah so it's like the flip side of that theatrical experience. It's it's uh, a kind of a one of a kind Very like, nice here's perfect for in home. Um and speaking of home, so you guys, yeah, like like everybody or like so all couple all couples have been trapped together for a year. But I, I want to talk about yeah. some of the things that 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 you've kind of done that uh that i think are really cool and so you're both we were talking to how i was very distracted by how handsome palmer is and um and palmer was telling me he's like wait till you see ash so i'm trying to hold my tongue about this but you're both looking (laughs) very (laughs) like uh like quarantine somehow agreed with you even though i guess we're moving out of it now but um I know you've tried these various things like rearranging your house to kind of change the way that you interact with uh, how you spend your time and that you've done this really like time um, discipline time restricted eating that's that's led to a ton of weight loss. You got a new dog there that we've kind of t- mentioned um, that's now in some kind of Training that i've seen these really cute memes of so i would just like so i've heard about a lot of these things from palmer but i guess i'd love to hear from you ash like uh about any and all this that you feel comfortable sharing with me and anyone who might someday hear this
1: yeah i think um i think we've made the best out of a really awful year uh bad things have happened to everybody and we have had some bad things happen to us and to our families as well and so we haven't gotten out of this unscathed but um perspective if nothing else this year has given me a lot of perspective and reminded um me us um that you know we have there, there are things that we would like to have change and be better, but we're doing okay. Like we're God bless us. We have a lot of blessings and a lot of things that have been really fortunate um, benefits and privileges of the last year. Um, <clears throat> we have jobs that we don't love every hour of every day, but those jobs have afforded us to stay home and be safe and be in our houses. They've allowed us to adopt these two puppies. They've allowed us to. Um, to really make some choices about how we wanna spend our time and our money and be able to commit to those without kind of interference of a lot of other external factors. Um, I mean, we've been out in the real world now, venturing to visit people and do things, and it's only been uh, we've already realized how quickly we overspend and how quickly we don't stick to, you know, the budgets and the things that were a lot easier to stick to when we were at home the whole time. So I feel like perspective has been a, a really big uh, benefit of this year. And, um, yeah, it's we're not there yet, but we're on a I feel like a really good track to um, continue the positive changes that we've made so far and maybe even build on them. So, yeah. yeah. So what yeah.
3: what are some of those? So, um. Which one you uh, you want to start with, me? So you've gotten the done this um, the intermittent fasting, but you guys have done it to mm-hmm. like really effective results. That I'd lo- love to share whatever numbers you're comfortable with. There's one important one that Palmer's been mentioning that is just staggering. Um, and that I don't know. Is, I think I started I to say. Get there. Oh, well, you're getting <laughs> so you're hovering around it. Okay. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. it's
0: the it's the next major milestone that I just like. I've been within a pound of it. Oh wow! I've gotten you're
3: like one bowel movement away from perfection, (laughs) or not
0: perfection (laughs) from the (laughs) middle. (laughs) Yeah, from that, from that next milestone for sure. Uh, Uh, And the the last couple weekends aside, we're fall we've fallen into some bad habits these past couple weekends. So, our our plan is to get through this holiday weekend and try to get things back on track for sure.
1: It's become a lot harder to argue with uh, what happens when you're consistent with something. And so if, if I met with somebody who maybe wants to pass judgment about the the things that we've been doing, it's working for us. And it, I know how I feel when I don't do it versus how I feel when I do. And knowing that we have felt so good on the good days and have lamented feeling so supremely crappy on the days that we allow ourselves to do things that we used to do all the time without even thinking twice about it. Like it's just made us a lot more conscious and and mindful of the choices we're making and why and the like, why do I do this to myself? Or I, you know, I hate feeling like this or this. I know I can clearly track. I feel this way because of these choices. Um, And so it's just becoming harder to deny that there are some things that we do to ourselves that we shouldn't do to ourselves because they serve no benefit. They feel yeah. really good in the moment or they're really fun or it's like really nice to be able to eat a bunch of crappy food and stay up too late. But like, yeah, that doesn't I, benefit I us. <laughs>
0: we did that yesterday. We had some people over from work and uh, to play some pinball and we sprung for, there's a, there's a uh, Giannino's shout out to Northeast Ohio pizza chain. Uh, wow. You Dayton. got one of those down there. Yeah. There's so, uh, there's a a a barcade that has a bunch of a bunch of pinball machines, a bunch of arcade games, and great beer. And the owners are from Akron, and so they miss uh-huh. they miss Giannino so much they bought a franchise and opened it on like right next to the barcade. So wow! You can actually be at the barcade playing pinball and arcade games and order a Gianino, Giannino's pizza and they'll walk it over across the street to the ar- and arcade And Jojo's. Games.
1: And they call them Jojo's and JoJo-
0: yeah. Really? It's, wow. It's like one of only two places in Dayton that I found that you can get legitimate JoJo's. Uh, I don't
2: think so, it had it,
3: but you hearing that made me suddenly think of Sparky's pizza and that distinctive oh, yeah. crust that I suddenly wanted that yeah. from from growing yeah. up in Ritman.
2: Ritman had oh. like
3: an equal number, it seems like, of churches and pizza places, <laughs> and video <laughs> stores at
0: one point in time. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. You had Pioneer, you had Hometown, you had Rental Time, and I guess those would have been the th- only three maybe operating at the same time. But before
0: that, yeah. then you would get them at. You could get them. What was the? Well, no, Lawson's. But, but what was the? Mainway, but, Mainway uh, Market. But, yeah. Yeah. Mainway had a rental section in it at that same yep. period of time. Rite Aid. Um, Rite Aid, I think, had a, re- a video rental section in it at really? that point in time. So, oh, yeah. yeah. It, oh, it's it great, was just too. Like, and it was awesome because then you could – and it's such a small town. Like, some of those places, you could be like, hey, can you call me when this comes in? And mm-hmm. you were, like, friends with the person, and they would hook you up, you know? Like, it was fantastic. I re- I remember there was the, the – down at rental time – there in hindsight maybe the girl had a, a little bit of a crush on me but i remember i had come in there like a couple times <laughs> looking for a particular movie and i didn't even ask her to she just out of the blue our house phone rang and she's like hey uh i'm just this is so and so from rental time i'm just letting you know that this movie you've been looking for just came back if you want to come down and rent it and like that kind of shit that's the only kind of shit that you can have happen in a small town video store like that where it's just like so, I I don't know. It's like a local personal hole, right? Personal, yeah, it's personal. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So,
3: do you remember the video? Uh, do you remember the movie or just the no? no. Oh, it'd be so interesting. God, no. Yeah, there's um, a... <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: no idea. There's a couple, yeah. Just uh, shout outs to um to some movies about that about video stores. Real quick, I, I can't even say that much about them. But uh, there's one back there. I happen to have when I was work um. In Cotton talks with the Lunch Meat VHS uh, company about maybe releasing the Crow documentary on their VHS label. They sent me a bunch of stuff. Uh, and one of which was a video copy, a VHS copy of a movie called At the Video Store. And it's about like small video stores that still exist uh, throughout the country. And oh, um, wow. and kind of talking about stories similar to what we just were about the heyday of the 80s and how... Well, I'm getting these two things mixed up because another thing I saw last year was called The Last Blockbuster. Which I think oh, is in Oregon Washington somewhere.
1: Washington State, yeah. Oh, maybe that. Yeah, State, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Oregon. Yeah. Oh, it's Pistemic great. Northwest. I,
3: yeah. I I feel like it's probably Netflix, which which plays into something we'll talk about uh, soon. Hopefully, uh, how you don't have Netflix right now, but that is such a delightful um, uh, documentary about this one place and how it's kind of maintaining. But it's yeah. also about the whole video thing, and there's some the whole video kind of like how it started and then how it. How Blockbuster came to power essentially, and then then people think. So here's here's a little bit of a, it's a spoiler, or whatever. More maybe more of an enticing thing. So people think that Blockbuster was done in by Netflix, but it wasn't that. And then they tell you what it was ultimately, and this was a thing too that hopefully I get this right. That was shocking to me about why, um, like w- w- how the video industry developed, which was. Like into video stores, it was completely not what the people who created the medium wanted. <laughs> it was that actually they took it to the Supreme Court, I think, even to trying to stop this from happening. That whole culture that wow. we're discussing. Um, so it was something to do with like so, and, it, and this carried over this whole thing of like when something came to home video, for most of them were like nearly a hundred dollars um, to buy, you know? and the reason that was is because studios felt they reasoned out that like how many people might cram into someone's home to watch a movie and how would that be divided by say ticket sales or something. Mm-hmm. So they priced them at that for that reason. Um, but what they didn't count on is that certain enterprising individuals would pony up that money and then start this rental type uh, model. And they tried to shut that shit down because they were like that yeah. fucks with our whole system like <laughs> um yeah so that's all in this documentary it's really uh fun that is and, very interesting um so i'll bring that back then to the to the other thing we were talking about uh the sort of pizza and movie thing and i'll commiserate a little bit before uh throwing it back to you i uh maybe it's where we grew up to, <laughs> or, or or all of us in kind of this similar i know ash you're from pennsylvania but um uh, maybe it's a little similar too. So uh, a lot of like comfort, you know, sort of a guaranteed happiness for me, even to this day is pizza and a movie. And so uh, at home, you know? Uh, And yep. so I had my first independent or like my first sort of bachelor weekend in over a year Uh, last weekend. And I found, I was telling Palmer this earlier this week, I was thinking like early in the week of... I'm gonna get a Pizza Hut pizza, like pan Pizza Hut pan, pan Pizza, which for whatever reason, uh, throughout the whole pandemic, I don't think we got one pizza delivery. Um, and some of that is just us trying to eat well and et cetera. So this was like a really decadent idea to me. Uh, because and so I'm like going through it, I'm like fantasizing about it, and I'm also strategizing. I'm forty one now. Uh shit is changing, like my eyes went and uh what was the other thing that happened? Oh, I got allergies all of a sudden. So Uh, (laughs) anyway, my body is not the same in ways I've been learning and adapting to, but some just like sudden. And and so this, this little story taught me something about what you were saying about, maybe we don't need to do this particular thing to have a good time. I experienced the same thing. So I'm like, uh, I'm fantasizing about this pizza, but I also know myself. And I was like, how can I sort of adapt this to my current age? And, and, uh, Not just metabolism, but just like, you know, a few years ago, I could drink a four pack of Surly Furious, no problem, and feel fine the next day. But now I know that like, if I have more than two, it's going to fuck my day up the next day. So I am like, okay, I got to stay to that and not just be like, I'm having a great time. Let's stay up and have another. And then there's with the pizza too. I'm like, okay, how can I do this, but not have it ruined the next day? So I'm like, if I get an extra large pizza, way more than I could. Maybe not way more, but enough to where I can't finish the whole thing in one sitting. Then I can split this whole thing between two days. I'm like, like I, how much time I spent thinking about this in the week leading up is embarrassing. But uh, I kind of kept to it. Um, I uh, I kept to the two beers on the one night, but they didn't make an extra large. Only in a pan pizza, they only made a large, and uh, I I probably ate like more than I ate more than half of it. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I ended up kind of getting. I did do it a second night. I went to get a personal pan pizza, which is, which was infuriating, I, um, uh, because it wasn't. It was basically like one piece of pizza for an adult, <laughs> and mm. uh, but that. So the first night was fun. I'm glad I, you know I didn't overdo it. I had a great time. It was what I wanted. <laughs> it was like the first time in a year. Great. But then I was like, well, I'm gonna do this a second night. And the second night I did it, and I was like, after afterwards, I was. I didn't feel like terrible but I didn't feel great. And I I really, it was like a milestone for me. I was like, you know, maybe these things don't necessarily equal happiness (laughs) Uh, as a general rule or like a kind of a a repeatable thing. Maybe it's a special occasion type deal. So that was uh, a, I learned my lesson there. And it sounds like you guys have been doing like taking stock in this same way.
0: Well, sure. I I mean, I I think those things do equate to happiness. That's what, I mean, we, we wouldn't do them initially if there wasn't some kind of, uh, even if it's just a immediate reward. Right. And, and so I think the real learning that has happened, and it sounds like you kind of had a little bit of it too, is, is making the association that it's not it's not all these external factors that you want to blame that of why you feel miserable all the time. Like maybe there is a direct correlation between this, like even though you're getting that immediate reward over the long term, though, that, that could be contributing to some of your misery. And I, and uh, maybe I'm using too strong a words, but I, you know, I, I know I've said it before on, uh, in talking to you, but it's like, Pasta is like that one thing that I know that if I eat pasta, I'm going to be an asshole the next day. Oh, and it's oh like,
3: man, I'm, I've kind of forgotten that. Or maybe you've not put it in such clear a terms. That's
0: interesting. <clears throat> but it's but it's just like, I know it's, and that's what's leading me to realize, like I probably have some kind of gluten intolerance. And so just that kind of connection, and, and I would not have been able to, because then it would, You know, before we were doing this, it was like, you know, I'd eat pasta and then I'd have bread the next day or bread with every meal or some kind of thing and then dairy and, and it's just this constant flow of all of these foods that I'm not even realizing and I'm miserable the whole time that maybe some of that misery is coming from those foods that I'm eating and fasting is the only way that we were able to realize that because we're putting these giant gaps in between when we're shoving food in our fucking face
3: right yeah you're um, able to sort of see the difference like you're able to yeah, identify it yeah. more clearly yeah i know for me like the for me it's been a much more um just kind of sustained moderation type thing which is for me um challenging or has been at times because i'm just not a, a moderate person <laughs> in the things right. about which i am enthusiastic <laughs> so um uh, but so when people would say things like, oh, I got a sugar high or all this or like I ate this and I'm just like, I I just I couldn't relate to any of it. I couldn't see yep. any correlation. I didn't notice uh, because there was no perhaps the intermittent thing. I just never noticed like a reaction of my body to food. Like people are like, oh, I can feel this like energy I'm getting from this. And I not to say that I feel it really strongly now. But I have found that, as I've regulated my system and f- sort of found a balance that seems to work for me um I notice those things a lot more be- because uh because of the regulation so so but you guys have taken this really um much more uh disciplined and kind of intense approach that that's also been working for you and um so I'm interested in it I know it sounds kind of like interviewee, which I guess is a how it can be but I also learned so much from other people's examples. And so I'm so fascinated, especially about how folks ch- create change in their lives and how they try it out and then how they just dis- determine what sticks. And I think it's helpful for me to see that idea of like different things work for different people. Um, I, I also, I talked to pumps his birthday is around you know, cabin kid pumps. His birthday is on J- January 1st. And so we had a, a call like this and we were talking and he was he was fucking looking great too. He's got a goddamn shredded. <laughs> and like, he's like, I'm like, what? We were going to have a beer. And he's like, I haven't had like maybe two beers in the last year. And I was like, oh, okay. So he was telling me about this sort of regiment that he's on and basically like what he eats. He basically eats like chicken, rice and broccoli. Maybe every meal all day. I don't know, for the most part. Anyway, and I was looking to make a change. So I kind of adopted just pumps this thing of chicken, rice and broccoli. And I didn't see, uh, I didn't experience like whatever the transformation he did. He gave me this calculator thing that I ran and it turned out like, oh, I was actually kinda within this calculator of things based on what I was also eating. But anyway, from talking to pumps, I'm now eating chicken, broccoli and rice every day for lunch. And uh I feel pretty okay. But I'm just saying like I really <laughs> learn a lot from these okay <laughs> from these examples. And uh and I think yours is really like the, the the results that you guys have described or that Palmer's described have been so, I mean, you like lost like a whole person, <laughs> like a yeah. whole. And so, almost. Uh, so tell me I, about yeah. like, tell me as much as like, so pumps just told me, he's like, here's right. It's exactly why I eat. Exactly what I eat. <laughs> so I'm not saying necessarily, but I, I think I'm interested in the example of like this thing that you've tried out and, and how it's worked for you and maybe why. And I'm sure others it, could benefit it, from that as well.
0: Before Ash starts, though, I just want to add the caveat that we are in a totally different realm of like health and fitness than pumps or you even, Dave, where it's not like you're almost in a maintenance level where it's like you're you don't have an entire person's worth of weight you need to lose. Right. And so um, some of the things that we're going to talk about might either sound really extreme or. Not extreme enough, but like I could not eat if I tried to eat just chicken, rice and broccoli for all of my meals, I would fail at that horribly. So um you're going to hear some of the stuff that we talk about where it's like I like they're talking about losing weight and they're eating these things that they're talking about eating. Hmm. How could they possibly say that that's healthy or feel like that's them trying to lose weight? And uh so just to take that with a grain of salt that would, you know, we're in a totally different place and we know that what we're doing now might not be as effective or what we'll be doing a year from now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that, yes. that, that's, those are two big caveats.
3: Yeah. Caveats. Well, I'm fascinated yeah. too, by the the health thing. Cause I, I grew up yeah. thin and I'm, you know, vain. <laughs> sure. I'm sure. And so there were, But I never actually effectively started to actually lose any weight until that was no longer my focus. And I was just like, I feel kind of crappy. I'm getting older. And it was like, and it's been, I guess I probably plateaued after about five years of just gradual incremental adjustments to try to feel not quite so bad. And so yeah and then the, the, I don't know what pumps thing is too though pumps was like I fucking look like Brad Pitt and Fight Club that's the weight I'm at and I'm like oh my god and then he's talking about his wife and she's like she couldn't give a shit like it's like only other dudes care about looking like Brad Pitt and Fight Club and I was like yeah I'm very interested if you need to kind of show this off please send me pictures yeah there's
0: no joke oh my can uh, he wear some yellow, yellow like yellow uh, rubber kitchen gloves that, oh that, like, no and, and like pick <laughs> his belly button like please I want to see that so bad you know when these uh, little
3: text threads start up with pumps like every once in a while like there was the one about what's what's the most sort of white trashy chip to eat and it went on for yeah, a couple of days yeah. and then this recent yeah. one about customer service yeah we might want to start one like with a with a picture of that from brad pitt One of us and be like, Dave says you kind of look like this now. Prove it. (laughs)
2: Uh, Yeah.
1: Someone should send him a pack of those gloves in the mail. Before you do anything, you send him a pack of those gloves in the mail and then start the text thread.
0: And I'm going to label the package the Brad Pitt cosplay, like, like Brad, (laughs) like Tyler Durden cosplay costume. And all it is is yellow kitchen gloves. (laughs) It's just yellow yellow kitchen gloves.
2: I'm liking this a lot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So,
3: so I mentioned some I of that because I, part of what I like <laughs> about this is that is, is some of your motivations uh, as well. And, and um, yeah, I yeah, just really, um, I'm impressed by it. I'm intrigued by it. And I do think others uh, would benefit. I mean, if they're like me and they benefit from other people's examples. Yeah. So so what have you been up to and how, how, what's worked for you?
1: My caveat is that not everything works the same way for every person, nor should it. And so the fact that we have found this thing that has worked for us is awesome for us, but even the way that he and I fast isn't the same every day, all the time. Mm. Um, So I think the biggest benefit that has come in the last year and a half or two years has been consistency. And when we have stuck to something consistently consistently, then we realize we see the benefits, um, because some of the things, the choices we have made are, could be considered a little on the extreme side. But like he said, also we have more weight to lose. And so we, we know that what we're doing right now, the schedule that we're keeping right now is not going to be sustainable in a year or two when we're hopefully down a little bit more weight or at a different stage of understanding our bodies and listening to our, our bodies with how we are impacted when we put things inside of it. Um, and I get a little nerdy and soapboxy when I start talking about the science behind understanding what happens when you put something in your mouth and knowing. This is like, all very rotten
3: back. Get specific. Go slower.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so my initial my initial motivation for fasting was insulin resistance. Um, I have an auto. I have a couple autoimmune diseases, and so um, insulin is a big factor in the flare ups of um, my, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So my body has too much insulin and so it doesn't know that it has this insulin. So it keeps making more because it thinks it needs to, and you can't lose weight. If you, if your insulin is elevated, when you eat something that raises your insulin, that tells your body, Hey, we have an energy source, let's process it. And I'm very much dumbing down what is happening because there's a lot more science to it than what I'm saying. But the basics is that you eat something your body takes over and processes it to send the nutrients and the energy to the different areas of your body where it needs to. And one of the things that happens is the, the insulin is processed through your liver and that um, I think someone's going to tell me I'm wrong in that. Uh, But however, the insulin is processed. If you have too much of it, like I do, then um, your body doesn't use it properly and you can't lose weight. And so when you don't eat, the insulin, the insulin in your body drops because you haven't eaten anything. And then if that happens for long enough, your body needs energy. And so the first place it's going to go is to the stored energy that you have. And if your stored energy is empty because you haven't eaten anything, sorry. Yes. If the, if you aren't, haven't eaten anything, you don't have any stored energy, then it's going to go to your reserve stores, which is your fat and start taking what is, has been reserved there that hasn't been used because they've had, you know, sugar or whatever you've eaten from your, that when, when your glucose elevates. So that gets a little too scientific, but basically if you stop eating, then your body can do what it's meant to do to process the excess that you have in your body and the refrigerator, um, I'm sorry. What, what do we call that process?
0: Yeah.
3: What's
1: Um, autophagy. Autophagy. Autophagy, Autophagy, which I've literally never heard that
3: word. Well, maybe Palmer told me. Literally
1: literally means to eat oneself.
3: Oh, yeah. Cannibalize oneself. (laughs) Yeah, we're all cannibals.
1: Yeah, a cellular process where your body says, I'm not receiving anything, so I need to go into my body and find things that I can use as energy reserves. And while the body is doing that, there is also a process of like cleaning up the cells. So the body and the mitochondria says, "Oh, I'm gonna. This is this is a damaged protein, or this is extra stuff, or this is this is waste that has been sitting around that isn't doing me any good." So while your body is trying to find energy because you're not eating, it's cleaning up all that junk. Hmm. Um, and that is probably what has kept me most motivated to fast and motivated to stick to. Like to, sh- to have that consistency because I know if I'm able to maintain that process of giving my body at least 18, 24, 36 hours of not eating anything, I'm going to feel better. Um, and then when you start getting deeper into the science, there are scientific things that are happening that – like they say people who are going through chemo, if you fast through your chemo treatment – like. Find a window of fasting where in between getting your actual chemo like and radiation treatments, your body will respond better to it if you're in a fasted state because it's not trying to figure out processing the food. It can just be healing itself and taking care of cleaning up all those, all those cells that mm. it needs to through autophagy because you're not adding any extra food to it
0: but we highly encourage if you are going through chemotherapy you would discuss that with your doctor before of course of course I, for, I, yeah i should to have tell said you that that, this is, better that, for that you. is just like,
1: one yeah that is just one, one small, piece of like, research that you might have run across anecdotal sure, like
0: if you are going through cancer treatment please discuss fasting with your doctor before <laughs> making any decisions you might yes. hear from armchair doctors on a podcast so
1: please. yes Thank you. Yeah, uh, that's true. So I'm,
0: I it's I'm not trying to correct you. I'm just trying to. I
1: add understand. to what you're saying. I agree. I understand. Uh, I understand, and I agree with yeah. you. Thank you for saying that.
0: Um, What's the so thirty six hours is uh, forty plus. It's it's really like when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, we're going like forty three hours in between meals.
3: Wow. 30. And so take me through. It's difficult for me to kind of wrap my head around experientially what, um. How one can feel good in the, uh, through through these things. And so are there kind of like after this many hours, you kind of feel like this. I've heard about certain plateaus. Um, and maybe in some ways we've talked about this or touched on it over the, maybe the last couple of years. But now that we're kind of in it, yeah, I don't know. Is is there a thing where you can say like, after kind of take me through those hours and how you're feeling and maybe why you're feeling that way?
1: yes and no it has it has changed um i think when we first started fasting um i have a, a like an, an app that times how long i've been fasting and there have been times when i've been like oh my gosh i'm gonna cry if i don't get to eat and i've only been fasting for 15 hours or 18 hours which means mm-hmm. i've just basically gone a work day or like the my waking hours of not eating and that feels way more torturous now. That time usually happens where I'm like, oh, I'm starting to get a little bit hungry and it's like 24, 26 hours that I've been fasting. So that has expanded. I have felt myself kind of adjust Mm -hmm. to not eating. Um, But it really is like you have to just give your body time, time and distance between eating to understand how you're feeling about it. and. Mm -hmm it's not going to be easy at first and it's not going to be fun. And yeah, you are going to be hungry after yeah. three or four hours. If you've been eating three meals a day, if your body has gotten used to eating three meals and, and three snacks and you're all of a sudden telling it, no, I'm not, you're not allowed to eat anymore. That's going to, that's going to suck. It's going to feel awful. Yeah. Um, but once we got used to it and got more acclimated to it and hydration is a big thing. Like we need, we continue to drink water and should drink more than we currently are but we are always staying hydrated
0: yeah, um, a gallon of water a day is like our goal um
1: yeah to, so not fasting doesn't mean not consuming anything we are still drinking water right. um and we both still take our vitamins even on fasting days and i so and
0: i could not get i can't do black coffee so every day even if it's a non-eating day i still put cream in my coffee it, it i have to you know, and me too. otherwise it
3: tastes like satan's taint Exactly.
0: And and so, and that comes part of that like denial thing where I realized I can't control what I eat when I do eat, where it's like, I don't want to have to tell myself you can eat only these things or you can eat anything but these things. Like my brain just focuses on what I can't have. Mm -hmm. And so what I realized was, you can go, you can control the amount of time in between your eating. And the proof of that is like people who are like, I don't know how you go all day without eating. Well, you sleep eight hours without eating. like I, the, And that that's a quitting smoking tactic, right? Like mm. I can't go an hour without smoking a cigarette. And so Alan Carr, uh, the easy way to quit smoking, like one of his, one of his arguments are you take a break from smoking every time you go to sleep. So, those people who are like, I need to have a cigarette every 20 minutes. What do you do for the five to eight hours that you're sleeping? Do you wake up every 20 minutes and have that cigarette? Like, stop telling yourself you can't do that because when push comes to shove, you can do it. So then it, and that helps us fuel your willpower, right? And so you we tell people, we'll go 40 hours plus without eating. I there's no way I can do that. Okay. Can you, can you go all night without eating? Like after you go to bed, you don't eat in the middle of the night. You don't get up and eat in the middle of the night. Probably you might, (laughs) you very well might. Um, So take that nugget and say, okay, I was able to go these eight hours of sleeping. I'm going to wait until 10 now, instead of eight o'clock, I'm going to wait until 10 to have my breakfast. And now you've just extended that natural fast that you already did by two hours. And now you're proving that you've, you're gone a little longer. Right. Mm -hmm. And you just build on that. Ash and I didn't start by saying we're going to eat every other day. I, and the other thing is like, I've been on this, I've personally been on this fasting journey since 2019, maybe like in, Mm -hmm. in the January of 2019. And I know Dave said like numbers that were okay with sharing. Uh, I got weighed at the doctor in January of 2019. It was 487 pounds. And then I got weighed at the doctor in December of 2020. So that would have been this past December and I was 417 pounds. And then this week I got on the scale and I was 392 pounds. So it's like, it's this constant walk. Right. And, and that, like you talk about COVID and how it hit us well. Like I got back up, I was back up to like 340 to 3 or 440 to 460, you know, at one point last year, I was not, I was back, I was going the opposite direction. And that's happened a couple times over these two years. And I think that's the other piece is like, first, don't tell yourself you can't look for the ways that you are doing this thing that you think is impossible and build on that. And then the other one is like, just don't like, they say that all the time is like, don't beat yourself up over one day. Don't beat yourself up over a bad three months. It's like, just as long as you come back to it, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like the shit happens and I'm an emotional eater. I love like this kind of weather is like carb city right now, like where it's like dreary and wet, all I want to do is order a pizza and sit in front of the TV and not do anything and it's part of it is realizing that. There's just so much that goes into it when we tell people like we go 40 hours without eating. There's so much more that work that has gone into that doesn't involve eating at all over these last two years. Like so much self-reflection and so much like Ash wasn't really on the fasting journey at first. Like she, during that 2019 period, like keto was a big thing she was working on. And that's where we really started to realize, like we need to do what works for us. Cause we, up to that point, like we, I felt like at different times, both of us were really pushing for the other one to do exactly what we were doing. Cause I think we wanted that support and knowing there was somebody else doing it. But I think the support comes in, Oh, somebody's trying to, it doesn't matter how they're trying. They're just trying to, you know? Oh yeah. that's And so, uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny. Cause like fasting is this big buzz right now. I feel like that's like, everybody's kind of like doing some form of intermittent fasting. And so then you, you, you know, you say that like people ask what, what we're doing to lose weight and you say intermittent fasting. And they're like, I tried that. I got up to like, Eight hours and I just couldn't do it. And it's and it's like, of course you couldn't because you've been conditioned for the like. We couldn't do eight hours right off the get go either. Like we had to. Well, I did do a five day fast. That's how I proved to myself that I didn't need to eat. But I'm weird in that way. Five uh,
3: days is desert island shit. That's a. <laughs>
0: I, I lost like all, I lost almost 30 pounds for, <gasps> in that five days too. <clears throat>
1: if you keep your hands busy, it's a lot easier than you would think it is because again, it's a mental game a lot of the time to be like just because the clock is telling me it's time to eat doesn't mean I have to stop what I'm doing and eating. I'm yep. going to keep myself busy in other ways, and the time goes. Then it's yep. the it, the the hormone in your body that tells you you're hungry is ghrelin, and ghrelin spikes. There are Mm. peaks and valleys of ghrelin throughout the day. And when does ghrelin most often spike? 9 a.m., 12 noon, and 6 p.m. Because Mm. that's typically when people are expected, they've been trained to eat. So their body is reacting to that. Um, So when you feel those hunger pains, if if your body is telling you you're hungry at 9 a.m. and you tell it to shut up and drink some water and wait another hour or two, then that ghrelin is going to it's going to bottom out. It's not going to continue to spike if you're not feeding it.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I think that that the, the like boredom getting back to the activity thing, that also was a huge learning thing that tied into the rearranging of the house is just because if my brain's not stimulated, eating is one of the things it thinks about like that really stimulates me. So uh, let's, let's eat. I, and and if that sounds silly, think about the last time you were at a good restaurant and the conversation, like once your food arrives, what does the conversation turn to? You're talking about, you're, you're stimulating your brain by dissecting the flavors that are in your mouth right now. You're talking to the other, you're asking them how their food is. You're engaged in conversation with them. And So that is an activity, like you're, and and if eating is a big part of your life, which for big people, I'm sure it is, I'm sure I'm not the only big person that eating was a big part of their life. It's looking for that stimulation. And so it's like, if, if I can find an activity that will consume me in that same way, eating is the last thing I think of. I could go, I could go another five days without eating. If I had a task that engaged me fully mentally for those five days, I would not think about food that entire time. And Ash can attest to that. I mean, if I'm working on a project on in pinball or a project in work or a project in the wood shop, you know, the last time I had one of those, like, I'm consumed until it's done. I'm not worried about eating. I'm not worried about anything else. Like it's all that. And uh, again, that's where I want to like where I task people where it's like, they're like, I can't do that. I'm sure you have things in your life that if you are doing them, that's all you want to think about. And if you so focus on those things and embrace them. So
3: when I recognize the, uh, this is probably the most well, other than the walkthrough you gave me that time on the phone, the, the room that Ash is in, is, is this kind of new TV room, right, where you decentralize mm-hmm. the the television, moved it like away from the kitchen and where you were used to it, in order to not or to prevent yourself from, not just kind of, following old old habits, and so. um, yep. How long has that? How long has that been? And and what's it been like for?
1: Um, the, the, when did we change? do that? Was that? We talked March? about it
0: for about eight months.
3: When I think about getting that we, couch and up the stairs and stuff like that, I, I think well the, we left the
0: that couch makes a downstairs. lot stairs. The 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 two chairs are, are all we took upstairs, and oh, even uh, so, the TV Jeez. and stuff and the entertainment One chair, center, two like
2: chairs. yeah.
0: And the problem was, is we had to flip to just get that TV upstairs, we had to change like three rooms. The three rooms needed to rotate their contents basically. So that's, and needed purged on top of that. We got rid of like two carloads of shit to
1: goodwill. We've accumulated crap way faster than we know. than we thought we did. Yeah, we just, we've, we've lived here a long time, and so there's a lot of stuff that's been sticking around just for the sake of sticking around, yeah. not because it's actually being used. And when we decided that we were going to thin everything out, we started with our house and our spaces, and rearranging allowed us to get rid of a whole lot of junk that we didn't need to save.
3: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You were so, kind of thinning yeah. out more ways than one and uh, cutting things back yeah. and rearranging so, your so life I, to create these change, changes. That's, yeah.
2: pretty
0: uh, cool. I think it was February when we finally got it finished. I think we started
2: it
1: late January. It was a couple. It was a,
0: it was a couple week process. uh, Just for the simple reason that you know, it's not fun to do. (laughs) Like it's the results are always awesome, but the process is always not fun. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I know, I. You also are a, an accumulator. I think is the best, is the nicest term that I can <laughs> yeah. say. And so, collector like, sounds better, but all right, you know, like <laughs> yeah, collector. Same okay, thing. That's fine too. <laughs> so, like, um, you know, like, I, I, I'm sure you get to these same points where you finally just look around and you just like, I that, those this five piles of shit. I've moved this five piles of shit, <laughs> yeah. eight times and never touched them, other than those moving them to somewhere else. To another pile and then you just get to the point where i had this pile i still have this pile of electronics that is now in its fourth room i believe Mm -hmm. and all i want to do for my own mental sake is to go through them and like wipe our data off of them before we get rid of them and Uh. it's just like but like giving up the afternoon on that is like something i just don't want to do it just doesn't there's always something better to do that comes along
3: oh yeah. yeah um
0: so it, it that's part of like why it took so long for us to get these things changed around. I, but almost immediately it had an impact. I feel like taking that TV out of our main floor. Um, hmm. It just, the only, it's funny. Cause uh, we were talking about it earlier this week with another friend where they were asking how that was going with the TV, not on the main floor. And our first reaction, because this is when it was in the 90-degree days, was just that our old, we wished that our old house had better circulation so that the AC actually made it upstairs as well yeah. as it does downstairs, yeah. because it does not. <laughs> and mm. uh, the second one is that uh, it's great on the days that we do not sit down in front of the TV right away because we will find tasks that even if those tasks are – so we call the room that used to be the living room on the main floor is now the study. And that room that Ash is in right now, we call the rumpus room. Right. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Oh, I like, this. like uh, and this. The only reason for me the have...
3: study, you got to go in with like a, like a on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Pipe. it's got our, book case. There's it
3: our bookcase. There's a big bookshelf
2: in there. In yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, leather bound volumes. <laughs> so the, even if Ash is sitting on the couch in there with the dogs reading on her iPad or reading a book, uh, that to me is way more productive than just losing it the entire evening to YouTube. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the nights that that works where we find an activity that keeps us from in front of the TV and we don't, we will make it up into the rumpus room at like, you know, sometime between nine and nine 30. And then the last like 40 minutes to an hour of our day will be spent with YouTube instead of the, instead of our entire, like four to six hour evening. Right. And so that's great on the days that that works. The problem is are, are the days that we don't wait until nine to get up there. Like we get like, say we're going to be eating and we'll say, do you want to eat this in front of the TV? Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. That sounds Mm -hmm. good. And it'll be like six ish, you know, or a little earlier five ish. And we'll go to sit down and we will burn. Like, it's like once we sit down up in there, we're there, you know? So like, we don't come back down and play pinball or do any other activity. So it really is this, we have to, I feel like we have to be intentional about not going to that room until we're ready to. And, and that just to me pr- further proves that it was necessary. You know, like we're, yeah, we still will get sucked into that TV if we're not careful. So, well, and all um, of
3: the, it's like that whole progress, not perfection idea. And also, too, that you have to change things every so often because of whether it's your body or your mind, you adjust to certain things and you don't notice until you have the contrast of like, um, and so those, and, and so to p- kind of piggyback on what you were saying earlier about, um, uh, just kind of coming back to it, you know, like uh, everything and focusing on the wins. So it's like all of those days yep. you didn't do that, like that, yep. that counts. Progress. I, I think a lot yeah. about, yeah. um, this this book that I, I read by uh, a researcher called Tracy Mann who has this eating lab. I probably talked about it on the podcast at some point. Um, yep. Uh, but uh, but her whole thing was it's just like people have this it, this idea about willpower. It's just a, a myth. She's like I've studied this scientifically, and the thing is if there's like a if there's a cupcake on the table and you pass it one hundred times and on the one hundred and first time you pass it you eat it you ultimately ate it (laughs) and it's not a thing of willpower. Like how much willpower did it take to pass it a hundred times, but it just takes that one time to have. So she's like the whole thing about how you can do this stuff is, is around habits and certain like kind of, maybe you just sort of arrange your life. So you don't have to pass it a hundred times and you're less likely to grab that cupcake. And so it's like we, and, um, yeah, this this sort of reminds me of that and it seems like a really effective and I love the idiosyncratic way too. It's like you guys figure it out like what do we need to do to kind of change this thing that we want to change and then you're always trying stuff out. But I always yep. think it's very Bruce Lee of you, but you know, so.
1: Well, and then it becomes about choices yeah. and then it's about our choices. So mm-hmm. are we choosing to say, yes, we want to go upstairs and sit in front of the TV at five or six o'clock or we're going to say, no, let's stay down here or let's find something else to do or yep. let's not like even if we have other playing, options. like we'll, we'll yeah.
0: burn whole evenings playing pinball but we're on our mm-hmm. feet we're talking to each other we're not zoning out on shit you know it, it 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 is effective and i you know the other thing that makes it all possible is like one of these ideas will spark in one of our heads and it's one having the comfort with your partner to be able to share that i this like hey i have this crazy idea of moving our tv up into the office that's that's how this started Mm -hmm. like we're sitting here we've lost another entire evening like what if the tv was up in the office where we weren't and then the conversation blooms into well what would that look like and would we keep the office in the room the office is in now? No, I think we should move it back to the room it was before. It's a little bigger. And you so one is like having a partner that it's come because there's no way one of us would have been able to do that move by ourselves. So you need the buy-in of the other person. And so then the other thing is then having the partner that's willing to be like, yeah, this is gonna be a lot of fucking work, but let's do it. You know, like it, it, we had a whole strat like moving strategy because Of course we're lazy, so then
1: do that. Yeah. So
0: we want to minimize how many times we touch shit. So we're not like moving it over into here and then move it here and then move it here. And then now we're going to move it to its final spot. Like let's let's how how can we minimize every the amount of times we touch everything?
2: That sounds smart,
3: not lazy. That's that's awesome.
0: Yeah. So like then we go through and we just like we had a whole map out. Like we're gonna do this step and then this step and then this step and then this step and And it worked. And by the end of that, like when we were finally ready to move everything around, it took us like a good day, day and a half to like get everything moved to its respective spots. And then we just put everything together. So great. Those two things were crucial for that. Like we had, we were willing to like, we were brave enough to talk about it and then willing to actually follow through with it eventually after we talked about it for eight months. We talked about it for a long ass time. I, I don't know. Like to the point that I was concerned it wasn't going to happen, and then it finally did. And once it did, it was great.
2: That's
3: yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, reminds me of like measure twice, what is it? Measure twice, cut once type thing. Yeah, yeah I, yes. I, I'm. Uh, I yeah. find that whenever I put together like a shelf or something, I always <laughs> fuck it up at least once. <laughs> like put something together <laughs> incredibly backwards because I don't have the maybe discipline to or to plan it out the way that patience. that, that, that you guys a did. Bit of
1: patience too. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: there's something about man. that. I am just like... But but so it's very uh, inspiring, yeah, what you described. Um, I want. There's a couple of like, questions that kind of came to my mind. Uh, one was, uh, is there something... Oh, this is going back a little bit to something we got a little sidetracked from, but I'm curious, is there... Um, there's these highs people talk about. Like, people talk about runner's high. I don't think I've ever had that. Um, I've And I think I've heard about a certain kind of... Uh, Euphoria that comes maybe at a certain point in the this fasting. Maybe I'm making that up. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been, I think I've had it's a it thing for
1: sure. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: I've
1: had it.
0: I uh, you have. But here's the thing: if you've never fasted before, and then you say I'm going to do a five day water fast, I which I did that. I don't think I hit that high. It, it, even in hindsight, maybe I got. I did get very peaceful just and i think part of that was just because i did not have the energy mm. this this process takes time for your body to switch into that autophagy mode like you're mm. like where you're actually using your stored energy instead of just like screaming that you're not putting food in your gob like there's there's a gap in between those two things happening where it's going to be miserable and it's not going to be fun. And you, the thing is, is you have to see past that. Like you have to
1: you have to stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. Stick you to have it to believe that it. you
0: will get to that because man, we had, I had a couple where like hanger moments we really started this in like February ish, I think is where we were on. We started mm-hmm. the current trend that we're on. There's Mika in the background and Ash. Is uh, beginning we're of all... February. Yeah. Beginning think, of February. Yeah. Just sitting by the toilet. Uh, gotta go. Make sure you flush Mika. Um, (laughs) so, uh, so the beginning of February is where we really started this, this current trend that we're on right now, the like eating every other day. And, uh, man, those first two weeks, I had a really bad, like, breakdown a couple times, and just because you're pushing your body to do something, it's just not comfortable doing, you're not, and I know there was a point beyond that, where Ash and I both looked at each other, and we were just like, I feel fantastic, you know, and that's, that's where we're talking about now, like, like this weekend, we're pretty much chalking up. This weekend's going to be a wash. We're probably going to eat way too much every day this weekend. Uh, we had company last night. We got pizza and chicken and JoJo's, and then we have we're going to have company tomorrow. We'll probably get pizza or take out from somewhere else again tomorrow. We have like two Hello Fresh meals we have to try to get through so they don't go bad this weekend too, which. Uh, you know that's typically what we eat when we come off of our fast as we joined HelloFresh. and right right part of that was to like to control our portions and to give us an idea of what does uh we're we're aiming for like uh sixteen to nineteen hundred calories in that one meal that we're eating and be like every other day and Sometimes it totally blows us away how much food that is, how much we end up with. And sometimes we're just like, holy shit, this is only, th- this is it. This is all know? I get. This is all I get for another, <laughs> I don't get to eat again for two days. Uh, so I, I
3: get that when I'm just like not going to eat again for 12 hours of like the sleep yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Real. I don't know so, if that's a, a byproduct of where we grew up or have <laughs> these associations around food, but I get infuriated by <laughs> European sized portions.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, well, I and we're, I mean, we're eating double size portions right now, right? Like we're, we, so we order three meals a week for four and each meal is for four people. So mm. we'll cook that and then split it basically. And, but that uh, also
1: gives us like a we're we're sh- we have a goal like ultimately we know what we're doing now isn't going to work it might not work for us in six or eight months we're going to have to make an adjustment right, yeah. maybe change things up and we're open to that we're understanding of like this style that we have right now is probably not going to be the same style that we're keeping in six months or a year yeah we'll be because
0: able to take it down we're we- going to
1: continue to evolve and like make this lifestyle adjust and work for us
0: Yeah. Yeah, So like an easy and an easy way that we'll be able to do that is to cut that down to three meals for two people then like, cause that's an option with HelloFresh. And then all of a sudden now we've cut our calories in half that we were consuming before. So, um, so uh, there's that, but we are to the point now, this was the point that I was getting at talking about feeling good with fasting and like getting a fasting high. I wouldn't call it a fasting high I feel like when we have these spans of time that we're really going back to eating the way we were eating before come Monday, we're going to be like man, and I need a fasting day. It's mm. not, it's like it, it, I I make jokes. Like I have a food hangover right now. I have a food hangover right now. I ate like shit yesterday. I drank mm-hmm. too much. I never caught a buzz. It's not like I got drunk yesterday. I just drank beer all day. Mm. We had pizza. We had, uh, chicken buffalo dip and chips and like soda so and good. booze in our coffee and like all this you know <laughs> so like
1: so good so, so good. Great. it's all awesome all great.
0: awesome but it's yeah. like i don't feel I, I definitely don't have an alcohol hangover but like i feel i i've crapped like three or four times today none of them are pleasant like it's just like <laughs> none of
1: this is fun like right, you know, right. everything is sluggish everything is yeah. sluggish yeah. And does and that like change eight, for
3: you? Like you guys were like, I was saying before where I was like, I realized after I did something like that sort of a little decade in the second day, I was like, you know, maybe I didn't need the second day. Do yeah. You kind of find those sort of adjustments along the way. I, I think it's fine too. Cause, Cause you know what, to be t- totally honest with you, I'm saying that now it'll probably take me another like six times to do that before I would a- actually not do the second day. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the real growth in what we're doing though, is acknowledging that it's going to take six times to learn that and yeah. not hating ourselves for that like yeah yes, i'll just yeah. have to try to do better next time mm-hmm. right yeah so yeah
3: and that our, i think that's kind of necessary too for all sort of change a certain sort of and then it's one i really struggle with any sort of personal grace but if you don't if you don't manage that then yeah you it can stop you and then you're just yeah. like well i'm trying to change this self-defeating behavior whatever it might be well, i just heard myself saying what it is it's self-defeating and so if you decide like why well, i, I fucked this up i'm always gonna fuck this up so i can never change <laughs> then you're definitely not going to
0: <laughs> i've had that internal dialogue so many fucking times with yeah. myself over oh, my yeah. life like yeah. so many times like you're just gonna fuck it up anyway so why even try you know and the difference in what I'm doing now is, is like, yeah, you fucked up this time. Like, just try not to next time, Mm -hmm. you know, like, with the, like, that comes with a certain, the other side of like the real growth you have to do though, is you can't use that as a crutch to constantly Mm -hmm. do bad behavior. Right. Yep. Yes. Yes. You can be self-forgiving, and say i need to do better next time but then you actually have to try to be better next time mm-hmm. you can't like you can't just fuck up again and then just be like well i'll just have to do better next time if you just keep saying that like you're never going to yeah. change right like yeah that's the whatever, other side of it y- you yeah, can let like,
3: yourself off the hook forever
0: <laughs> you can either yeah, exactly, like it's exactly it's like
3: a double-edged sword you know i was thinking yep, about yep. that and that's like truth with like all problematic behavior i'm noticing as i've been trying to change certain things i I find a lot of comfort. It's weird. Like, I remember us talking about this in regards to like that year, you read a bunch of self-help books where like at the end of the day, it's like the same thing. It's like, well, I guess I'll just try to do better. I'll have to try to do better. Cause the thing that all of the things that, and so it's like, it's comforting in a way I find that you come down to these fundamental truths because like all of these roads, all of these strategies, they essentially lead to certain fundamental things (laughs) that, that it's also too like that can work for or against you, just like you were talking about. Like you can either let yourself off the hook to a fault or you can like hold yourself accountable and responsible to a fault and finding some sort of balance there is individual. And it's sort of like, it takes so much um,
0: trial and error and, and then adaptation all the time. Uh, And intervention. That's, that's really like that to me is like the stepping stone in between like the like letting yourself off the hook and holding yourself too accountable is like, all right, if I realize, man, this is like, this is the third time you fucked up where you told yourself, let's try better next time and it didn't, it just isn't happening, that you have to recognize, well, then maybe I need an intervention. There's the growth is rec- yeah. like saying, like, okay, I can't do that. So now I need to try to find an intervention so that the next time I fuck up, or come close to fucking up that intervention will either help me recover or prevent me from doing it, you know. And it's like it is this like it's a spider web of just constant self reflection and um, like course correction, basically. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Because
3: yeah. yeah. I he- I hear that sometimes from folks where it's just like, especially in the last couple in the last year or so, especially I've heard a lot from a kind of old people that are at a certain age. They're like, well, I'm just not going to change. I'm like, no, yeah, of course not with that attitude. You're not, <laughs> but like, yeah, they yeah. don't want to. And and then you hear that from young people too. There's like, uh, and I've been that way myself too. <laughs> it's just like, but, but that idea of like the adaptation and course correction and the unfortunate truth too. It's like, you don't just get to, not one thing is going to continue to work for other forever, forever yep. whether it's our bodies or mm-hmm. our minds like this. I'd, but there's also, it's that same thing of like, uh, it's daunting. It's this, these double-edged swords of, you can either like look at the negative or positive. Like you need, you can either say it's the same thing with the cupcake and the same thing with your like, well, I messed this up three times before I did it. The important, like just as it's the same downside with the cupcake, if you pass it a hundred times and on the hundred and first time you ate it, and that's all that makes a difference. The fact that it took you three tries to actually make the change could be the thing you focus on or the fact that you actually did make the change. <laughs> and right. then you can yeah. kind of use that momentum to kind of realize that you can do this in other, um, in other avenues. Ah, It's interesting. You know, it's so wild the way these things... We were talking about this on a thing that wasn't recorded or captured recently, Palmer, where you were saying you had this beautiful way of putting it of like how I think the general idea of like, whatever it was we were talking about, is like all of these things have to align for you to even see the same to hear something, you know, uh, or Yeah. yeah, it's just weird the way all of that works. And to bring it back to movies, I heard this thing recently and I guess the, the writer of groundhog day, I guess the funny that such an, uh, what like a 25 year plus old movie is so relevant because of the last year. And but so, so he wrote this book that challenging for me, cause it's only on Kindle, <laughs> which I, but uh, I heard it kind of <laughs> encapsulated on that films to be buried with podcast I like so much. And uh, so the idea was like, he, this, this, the writer of this, whose name escapes me, unfortunately the book is about like writing groundhog day. And so I guess somewhere in this was like how this writer, to still, he's like basically what groundhog day comes down to the whole thing that that transpires that may or may not be inter- internalized by the audience is that the bill murray character's day is the same every time and the only time the only way that it ends happily is when he adjusts himself and his choices to that day to make it a good day <laughs> And it's just like, when you hear it like that, it's like, holy shit, that's like all of us with every day. Every day. (laughs) And the only thing that we can adjust is ourselves. And, and, but it's like a microcosm of how we, all of the things we fall into, (laughs) he's trying to fucking kill himself or, or indulging in things. It's, it's wild.
0: I think what you're, I think I remember what you're talking about is where I was saying like. I could all of those things could happen but they all have to happen simultaneously and you yeah. have to be willing to like recognize that when it happens for that change to happen
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know it it I could wake up every day feeling like garbage cuz I did for a large part of my life just because but it 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 took me recognizing hey while you fasted, you didn't eat pasta during that time, and then you ate pasta, and the next day you got in a huge fight with Ash. Like maybe there is something. Maybe that maybe the, what you're eating is contributing to that a little bit, and then experimenting with that. And rec- but you have to. You have to be open to that change when all those things do line up. Um, yeah and crucial.
1: willing to look at the choices that you've made and like wait a minute and make the connections and not have to be in a groundhog's day for it to happen a thousand times yeah. for you to go wait a second where's the connection here like yeah. there's connections and everything that we've done
0: it's going to come into a fight that the, our next fight that we have it, like all this is going to come back and bite me in the ass <laughs> <laughs> i can feel it i'm just well I, yeah i mean it's that's, laughing at least
3: that's the wild thing too it's like it's it's so simple every time it ultimately gets boiled down. Yeah. And then it's this like, why can't... I have this note in front of me. It's uh, close the gap is what it says. And it's one of the ways that I tried... Because that's the, the thing. When you're aware of all this, you're trying really hard. It, a trap I can fall into is that I can make the th- very fact... In an argument with my spouse, or maybe somebody else, whether I like it, like allow it to come out in this way, where I make it so much about like, can't you see how hard I'm trying? <laughs> you know, like I all this kind of and but at the end of the but the it, it's that whole intent versus impact idea too. It doesn't fucking matter to anyone else what you're trying. How many times you pass the cupcake? If you ultimately eat the cupcake, if you ultimately change the behavior, and that's good. Or whatever the thing is, like, it's what you do, the impact of what you do, either on yourself or someone else, that you have to, like, live with and adjust to constantly. And it's like, so that's the annoying thing. It's, like, simple. And this simple thing sounds great, and it's good in this instance, and it feels good in this instance. But the same thing kind of feels bad later. And the the idea of, like, somehow taking it all in stride and being able to accept the way in that, which that same thing is true. And now you're kind of wrong and fucked up, but then to not like fall into the trap of like, well, I always fuck up and I'm wrong. So I'm just going to keep being wrong.
0: It's like such yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> I'd play devil's advocate for the, like the people that you're talking about that, like, I just don't, I'm not going to change and they don't want to change. And that, I, I think that's okay. I've said that. I've said that recently. Like, this is just who I am, you know, like, then you have to be okay with the consequences of that, right? So, like, if you're, if you're going to say like I'm not going to change, like, don't be, you can't be miserable that nobody wants to be around you, right? Mm. Like that, that you have to accept those consequences of that choice if that's going to be your choice, you know? Yeah. So,
3: and that doesn't have to be the choice for all time. Like I've been <clears> that person too, I, and I'm I fall real prey to getting excited about things and sound like I know what I'm talking about. But it's, or or, or attempting to, but yeah, it's just like that whole thing about to be able to hear it. Like there's the, like the million times that I heard that thing that I now suddenly see as truth or whatever, but I was always just being like, no, or maybe I'm like, well, sure. I know you're right, but I, I'm not willing to do that right now, or I don't have the emotional capacity to, to whatever. Um, Yep. But I guess I, uh, some of what brought all this up is just that I I do find it I find so much inspiration in um in other people's example, uh, whether for me that's like famous people <laughs> or uh, people in my own life, and so this the these 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 and like that the whole idea of like you can't necessarily see the effect of one thing until you make some change to where you're able to observe it, like uh, and so the. I've just been real inspired and intrigued by the ways that you guys have been doing that. And um, I appreciate you being willing to, to to delve into it a bit. Oh, so the last sort of like uh, researcher question I had was whether or not if there was something that kind of surprised you about the whole thing, like I thought this was going to be this way, but it turns out I was really surprised that it wasn't Whether for, for sort of good or bad. I was just kind of curious about that. I mean, I guess Um, it's a little bit of a surprise to be like, well, I thought this was going to suck. And then suddenly I feel better about something.
1: Hopefully I didn't take your answer. As hard as it was on the hardest days, it surprised me how much easier it got after really in the grand scheme of things, a very short amount of time of misery. Like there were days of misery for me personally, starting out fasting, there were days of misery, but those days became fewer and farther in between one another and the time that I actually felt miserable was shorter when I was fasting specifically. Mm. So like, and, and, and the, the knowing, um, that, I mean, he's talked about the knowing that I eventually would get to eat. And when I would get to eat, I'd get to eat whatever I wanted because I was having the discipline to tell myself, you just have to wait this amount of time and then you'll get to relax and eat what you want to eat has helped me find a balance between the two hmm. of like, it doesn't feel as painful for me to tell myself I'm not going to get to eat again until tomorrow at three o'clock because I know that tomorrow at three o'clock I'm going to eat what I need to eat and getting to there isn't going to be as awful as it was last month when I tried to get to there, you know? So like yeah. the over time, the what has gotten easier has been the periods of fasting and not feeling as miserable at the end of them as I was when we started out doing the fasts.
3: Yeah, That's what I'm hearing what is like the confidence that that builds. You're like, I know. I know how to do I this know I goes. can make it through this. I know this. I can do this. Yeah. yeah.
1: I know this yeah. is going to be miserable right now and I know that I would really like to cheat and go downstairs and eat whatever we have, but I know that it's not in the long run. It's not going to make me feel as good as feeling knowing that I can complete this and that I know that I will I, there's an end in sight. It's not like this is an an un, unknown amount of fasting time. I have a very clear limit that I have given myself and I know Like he said, you know, I did a five-day fast. I know I can do this. Mm -hmm. This is going to be really painful because of the bad choices I've made the week leading up to this or maybe last, you know, this weekend is going to make fasting next week a lot harder. But Mm. I know I can get through it because I've done it before. So it's just a matter of like affirming myself and reminding myself that as hard as it's going to be right now, it's not going to be this hard forever. There is a very clear end point for this. And once I get to that, I will feel – I will – the satisfaction of knowing that I – did what I set out, set out to do has increased over time and it, it hasn't got, it hasn't continued to get harder to fast. Mm-hmm. It has continued to get easier to do. Yeah. Fasting. That's interesting. Yeah.
3: It reminds me too of this, uh, thing that I've been kind of trying to wrap my head around this idea of like sitting with discomfort. People say that, and you guys are doing yeah. it in this, script. So I, I, a lot of how I have uh, effectively processed things in the last year that, like you say, probably won't be the same for me my whole life, but it's been really helpful. Um, it's been my convergence of like being interested in Bruce Lee and stuff and his philosophies, but his philosophies have this physical component. So it's really nice to be able to draw these parallels. But I never thought of it, hearing your example, it's the, the you hear this, pro, this thing about like, oh, sit in discomfort. Like uh, maybe as a culture, maybe as a species we're always like trying to if we feel pain or discomfort or conflict we're trying to like just fucking either get Get it out of our as soon as possible yep yeah yeah and um so much good can come from being able to move through it sit sit with it and all this so much uh growth on the other side like um, all growth is uh painful
2: (laughs) yeah i think think a lot of this is an interesting example when
0: you when you force yourself to sit through it though you realize that You typically, how much of that discomfort that you were avoiding when you finally do face it and just, as you say, sit in it, you come out the other side and you're like, that was not as bad as I was Mm. anticipating it being. You know, yeah, Uh, it's, and I think that's part of the lesson in that sitting in discomfort is that when you finally do get in it, you realize. I I'm capable of this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm capable of handling this. Like, it's not going to be fun, but I can do this. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you get. And I (laughs) like, again, I think that's part of like where you, you just come to this level of acceptance. And if that comes with age or that comes with experience or however you get there, sometimes all you get is like, this is going to suck, but I know I'm going to get through it. Mm -hmm. And just learning to accept the fact that that's good enough, you know. With some shit,
1: yeah. There's a quote that I really like that I had uh, put it up, posted at my desk that I haven't been at my desk in <laughs> since last March. And I went in in the last couple of months, just popped in for a day, and then I spent another day actually working at my desk. And I have this Post-it taped up, and I was like, I need to write this down and tape it at my home desk too because the quote is discomfort is the price of admission that we pay for a meaningful life. So yes, you're going to have a, a life that will have some discomfort sometimes, but you're gonna get through it. And when you get to the other side of that discomfort, you're gonna have a, a deeper sense of meaning for whatever it is that you've experienced that discomfort is the price of admission that you had to pay to get to this life of meaning and when i think about the struggle of whatever struggle right now my struggle is fasting and being able to complete a fast and when i'm uncomfortable and i can feel my belly growling and i know that i'm really like i just fucking want to eat mm-hmm. yeah i'm uncomfortable sit with that discomfort you're not going to die You're going to be okay. You still are a privileged person who has the resources that she needs if she really needs them. You still could go eat if you really came
0: down to it. Yeah, You really
1: could, but you can sit with that discomfort a little bit longer. It's not going to kill you. It's going to be good for you. It'll make you appreciate once you get to the other side. That has, and that's, I think some of that is a Catholic principle too, of like offering it up when we were kids and we were uncomfortable with something. My mom would say, offer it up to somebody who needs it more than you do, or Mm. offer it up to somebody who needs prayers. Like, so then that will make your discomfort less intense because you're offering it up for somebody else. But even that aspect of it aside, like those shitty days, those uncomfortable days are going to make the good ones more valuable.
3: Yeah, so cool. I I mean the the thing I was going to chime in there was like I think maybe it's a the idea of like just age or all this being I don't know how much necessarily and this is probably not something I can say as someone who's only middle-aged uh, that that age equals wisdom. I I think the thing that's so inspiring about for me about the example that this that that this is for the two of you is the intention the effort the uh the experimentation like if so so you could easily have just been continuing to do the things that you were doing that you wish you weren't for another 10 years you'd be 10 years older but you wouldn't be actually <laughs> and maybe you would be wiser but you wouldn't have acted on any of that and so i think that's what's so uh, inspiring is the it's it's so cool to see you take in this action, you take, you take making these strategies. It's, it's inspiring to see like, well, you know, I take real, um, I'll apply that in some way. I'll realize like, oh, it's, this is yeah. kind of like so-and-so when they did this and that. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's been a pleasure to talk about it with you. Thanks for thanks. opening up about it.
1: Well, thanks for asking yeah. so many good questions.
3: <laughs> yeah. Huh? How about those two? Very impressive. A lot of, lot of lessons there. A lot of things to be reminded of. Uh, both myself and I'm sure it must have helped for them to kind of say some of those things aloud uh, and share with you. So I hope you get something out of that. Um, let's see. So, Oh, one thing I did want to clarify, I, cause I'll often talk about how I love to eat or whatever and get a, a binge weekend or, or something like that. But I definitely don't cause, cause of what I would take, I know from conversations like this, I don't want to give the impression that I just eat what I want and have lost like weight and become healthier. That is definitely not the case. I, measure everything from my oatmeal to my water to my wine and so nothing too time consuming i basically just follow like recommended serving sizes but and then you know someday i'll have a cheat day and have wine and cheese uh with the bride on sundays but um well actually she doesn't even have the wine uh or and i I have most of the cheese but anyway i mostly behave myself i just have these little moments and, and aspirations to uh to overdo it Okay, so rolling into this uh, this this back half of the show, uh, Palmer and I started doing this thing we've been calling just happy hour. We'll put it on a video meeting um, once every other week. And we're like, well, let's just show up. And if, whether we talk about things that we can share with the podcast audience or not, let's just make sure we just keep talking and uh, m- you know put our relationship first and show second. And so uh, we've been doing that. And I, I think, I don't know if we did one or two that... Really, I could I didn't there wasn't stuff I could share. But this last one we we started by talking about uh, Palmer was like really taking me through this kind of pinball repair he was doing that uh, that I th- think if you were interested in, I will send you the video clip of that segment. Um, but it didn't really work as a just an audio thing. and it's it's very much a how-to. Um, but as soon as I brought up Van Dam's the the trailer for Van Dam's new movie, The Last Mercenary. <laughs> the conversation started to take off in just a very old school, uh, long walk, short drink kind of way where we were just on a roll and having a great time and just sharing our opinions and the things that we're excited about, you know, surrounding movies and stuff especially. So the first half of the show is, is real self-helpy <laughs> this week. And then the, the second half is just, you know, pure geeking out over stuff. I think we get into zombie movies. We get into the Zack Snyder sort of universe um, of course, the new Van Dam trailer, which looks super fun. Uh, tra- uh, trailers in general. It turns out Palmer is like much more into. Anyway, I'm kind of spoiling it. So that's what uh, we're gonna go out on here. Uh, happy Hour, uh, Volume One.
0: So new Van Dam movie though.
3: Oh yeah, I, I, the last action here made me think of it because it's all. It's called The Last Mercenary, and it's a oh, Netflix. Nice. Uh, it's a Netflix movie, and I knew he was doing a Netflix movie, but. I mean, how to say this nicely, he's not made movies that I've been really excited about in the last uh, so many years. Though though I do think in like 2018, he made two pretty decent movies. Um, they're, but they were both pretty somber. And his role in one of them wasn't very much. It was like We Die Young. He didn't speak. He, but it was, it was kind of a good role. It was a lead role, but not a lot of screen time. And then the other one was called The Bouncer, which was pretty cool. But they're like dark, gritty movies. Um, I don't know didn't have like the any fun to them but and so I thought this last mercenary would not be that fun I was I don't know I didn't think much about it but just yesterday I was uh was out for my walk I had got a text from as I call him John Pod Van Dam in my phone but John from the pod bros and yeah the, so he's like you've probably seen this but it's the new trailer for the last mercenary and I hadn't seen it so I watched it and it's been hot here every day. And, and every day in the foreseeable, it's been like 90 plus. It was almost 100 one day. and But anyway, I was like, you know, I'm curious about this. So I sat in the sweltering car for this trailer and it looked really fun. It's I think it's even on the cover of IMDB today. Um, unless they specialize that for me as an individual. <laughs> Let's watch it together. What the fuck? Might as well. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, let me find it. i don't i don't know what's on imdb but i I know i can find it on the
0: oh my gosh dakota fanning is on the cover of my imdb
3: maybe it is specialized then huh yeah do you look up a lot of dakota fanning stuff
0: <laughs> no i don't know what she's i i can't it's something oh, that's so trashy i can't even say that out loud Oh, Sometimes no, I will no. look up. I will look up actresses to make sure it's okay for me to fantasize about them.
3: Oh, that makes a lot of sense. In fact, that seems mm-hmm. very responsible to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I uh, because if they are not of age, I do not want to fantasize.
2: Right, because
3: I mean, we would have been introduced to Dakota Fanning as a kid, kid, like a cute kid actress, but she's probably yeah. a grown ass woman nowadays.
0: <laughs> have you okay? Have you seen? Once upon a time in Hollywood? Oh yeah, yeah.
3: Trying to remember who's in it.
0: She's in it. She's one she, of the
3: group with uh with like Kevin yeah. Smith's daughter and stuff.
0: Uh well Yes. Yeah. So like you know the one that's like sitting in the chair that he has to go in and talk to before he can go talk to the old man? She's like the head of all of them.
3: I can't picture I can't picture her specifically, but I guess it makes all the sense in the world it would be yeah. her
0: but that's her that, I, yeah she's in like she's in like a strap shirt and that's it and like you can see your <laughs> nipples shirt. through the strap shirt and oh. i'm just like holy crap she is hot and actually like, have that's you vetted this Fanny.
2: is she, is she huh? have you
3: vetted this is she old enough to be
0: oh yeah she i she is i don't know i'm pretty sure her oh, sister is now too what's the sister, her sister was uh l Fan-
3: oh yeah oh yeah. man
0: that's, and so yeah I re- like lo- the whole reason this all oh shit this is like so so Logan and I went and saw Super 8 at the theater in Columbus. Oh
3: sure uh, yeah. What would that have been 2008ish or something? Yeah I don't know. and
0: we got out of that and we both were like man I got to look that actress up she was like really good and and attractive and then we looked her up and she was like 12 in that movie Oh, and I this-
3: Yeah, I know what you mean, though, because when you said Elle Fanning is her sister, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. I guess I kind of knew that. But my first picture of Dakota Fanning is something like, I am Sam or Man on Fire, and she was just a little, tiny tyke. Whereas the first time I remember seeing Elle Fanning would have probably been Super 8. I think of her more, more so even from, like, We Bought a Zoo. Anyway, but what I'm getting at is she always... From the first time I saw her, even though she might have been a comparable age, she always seemed older to me than what, who is probably her. is. Which one's the older one? I, what uh,
0: da, Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, exactly.
3: The end so end. it the, the younger one always seemed older to me. So I, that actually tracks yeah. for me.
0: And, and I feel like L Fanning, like Dakota Fanning is a fantastic actress, especially as a kid. She just had like a screen presence that was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. She held her own with in Son of uh, Yeah, with Sam, Sean Penn, with, with Sean Denzel. Denzel and Like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like, like all these people she just did fantastic with. And uh,
3: Pfeiffer, also, I am saying. Yeah. yeah, she's great. But,
0: but Elle Fanning in Super Eight, she didn't have anybody she needed to play against. And she just like stole every scene she was in. She just had like a, I don't know, a, a maturity to her acting that was really. It even surpassed the other kids that were in the movie. Like It felt like she was an adult playing a kid, and they were just kids playing kids. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Here, if you click that link, you can see what Dakota Fanning looks like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It
3: oh, be like that. right. Yeah. Oh, that's even yeah. different than I picture her. I think the first time I saw her where I was like, oh, she's growing up now was... Is it called the Runaways? the The movie about like Joan yeah. Jet and the Runaways. Yeah. Um. She was so cool in that too. She still played a young younger lady, but who did she play? She play, played played. Uh, no, oh, I don't remember. She played a real life person, of course. The, the 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 they wrote the song like Cherry Bomb about. Anyway, that made a big impression on me as well. Kirsten yep. Dunst was another one, like where. Yep. But the thing there was like. When we were introduced to her, like she was literally our age, <laughs> so it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was it, okay then, and it's okay now.
2: <laughs> yep,
0: I have that same philosophy on Natalie Portman because yeah. uh, beauty right, girls yeah. or whatever with Natalie Portman where she yes. plays the neighbor, yes. like this, like she's this eight-year-old neighbor that this right grown the, old, ass man the oldest eight-year-old in the world is like who like. <laughs> has they had this romantic connection that both of them realized they could never pursue? Like I, I fell in love with her in that movie. even Before that was before I saw the professional and like, but I always, like I realized she was the exact same age as me. So I could find her hot. Then I could find her hot now. Like, (laughs) you know, I, I, that tracks with me that, 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 that justification for, uh, (laughs) pedophilic tendencies you know it's not like <laughs> or the, not the like guarding go,
3: against of that yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so the double like, checking
3: the system of checks yeah. and balances
0: in place <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 i love how you were like no that sounds responsible to me that's not yeah, easy like, it
3: is yeah
2: <laughs>
0: uh, oh man there are like so,
3: that. yeah. that's how we know. That's how it's another sign of like feeling old is like seeing certain when i see like young because when we were younger i do believe that most of the people portraying teenagers were a little bit older, like they were in their 20s, whereas nowadays they will flat out cast teenagers and stuff. Yep. So Brian and I both, when we're watching shows and it's like, you know, actual teenagers doing sexual things were, even me, it was like a dirtbag. I just, I was like, oh God, no, please. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. This is so creepy. It's (sighs) like, you know, it's okay. I mean, you know, it happens, you know, it's like healthy, but I don't need to see that (laughs) at my age. Yep. Billie I Eilish, for instance, when I hear grown ass men talking too much about Billie Eilish, I get a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, when they get a song like, what is that, like Bad Boy or whatever, and she's talking about this, that being on her knees, and then I have like a grown ass man like telling me about that's one of the songs of the year. I realize people get different things out of music, but I'm a really lyrically focused guy, an artist focused yeah. guy, so I can't do that. I'm not talking about you, by the way. I just remembered you like Billie Eilish. There's someone I have in mind who doesn't listen to this, who is a good guy. (laughs) But this this about, I was like, that's questionable to me. (laughs)
0: Yep. Mia!
3: Does she listen when you do that? No. Oh.
0: But it makes me feel better. Ash asked me the same thing. She's like, why do you do that? It makes me feel better. It's
3: a release. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
0: man. Uh, All right.
3: I got a lot out of that that little side note there. So let me <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. I, uh, okay. uh,
0: yeah. You got your link? Do you have I'm your dropping link? it
3: in there? Yeah. Let's see. This like old school. Oh wait, but I should probably share my screen. I don't know the gr- best way to do this.
0: No, we'll do it the way we used to do it, where we'll just count to three. I'll queue it up. Yeah.
3: Okay. I do have it queued up. I like it.
0: And then uh just uh on we'll do we'll do A a Palmer's picks three.
3: I like it. Are we talking through it?
0: No, we can.
2: We'll see. On three, a lot happens. (laughs)
0: Okay.
2: And three. First off,
3: it's all in French, which I actually think is kind of good. Good thing. Yeah, but we'll we'll see. It's it's very fun. Oh wait, wait! I'll translate or I'll read the things. Elusive. His code name.
0: I, I have, I have, a have, I have, uh, uh close oh, man. I was just thinking he for any...
3: He was doing a split. I, I was thinking for our podcast purposes. Oh, sorry. Um, a Netflix film. The Your son's file as me. you requested. You, you've saved other from people's from kids. Class. This one's yours. Okay. Where, are you Where are you going? Get in. <laughs> there you go. It's great to meet you. <laughs> if you want to stay alive, <laughs> do as I say. Look at that face. The buyer's using Archer's ID, Archie's ID? Yes. We have to find the imposter so I can be cleared. If they find you, they'll kill you. Don't do the bad job. This summer. Simple. You were never there. Agents had a rule no attachment. France's national security is at stake. We have to reactivate the network. Get down!
2: <laughs> Who's blowing on my neck? It's not funny!
3: Guys playing video games. Ten dance kicking ass in a gym bon Terminator. Terminator style. My man. This is a nightmare. Want to read it. Wanna play? <laughs> Let's play. Oh, look at the hair. I know. There's so many costumes. Good music. The music.
0: <laughs>
3: on a scooter in my underpants. <laughs> Say
2: hello to my little friend.
3: One. Life is on a lot. One t- last. I think Kick, punch, flip, dance, jab,
0: split. Oh, he can still do
3: it. The last mercenary, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Netflix. What's the date? July 30th. Whoops. That was a little bit of a shit show trying to read all the dialogue and everything, but... uh, Yeah, it looks fun. Like, he he wears... It's almost like Jean-Claude Van Johnson type poking fun at himself while also... um, you know, doing some shit, but yeah, like so many costumes, he was dressed as like a gym teacher with long blonde hair at one point, And then like, as a, a lady <laughs> with like long, beautiful hair, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so many different like looks and shit. So yeah, I'm very pleasantly surprised by that. Looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it looks fantastic. Uh, I, I, we, so we talked with Ash. It came up how we canceled Netflix, right? Oh yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just signed back up for it because. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, well, so, for me. <laughs> yeah, in my mind. <laughs> uh, so I'll be able to watch that, which is nice. But the reason I signed up for it was because I wanted to watch um, War of the Dead or Land of the Dead or something like the, the new Zack Snyder zombie yeah. movie, Army of the and
3: Dead. Is that possible? Army no. of the
0: Army of the Dead. That's it. That's it. But isn't that
3: Oh is Army of Darkness is the yeah okay, is the old uh, yeah Sam Raimi one okay.
0: So I was hoping that this would have been like a sequel to maybe his like Dawn of the Dead and he was maybe going to re in like come back to that universe, you know, because I, I, listen, I, I know Dawn of the Dead is a fantastic masterpiece of horror. Like it is very well, the seventies one, it is awesome. It's fantastic. But I love Zack Snyder's version of it as well. It, it, I put like, they're just two different things, in my opinion. Like yeah,
3: I, they are. Yeah. One's got the cra- that's the first time we s- well, no. No, 28 they, days later yeah. was the first
0: like fast zombies. Which yeah, technically
3: like, were infected with the infinity, with a rage virus. Rage but, virus, yeah. But yeah, Zack Snyder applied that to like zombie that zombies. Concept. And that opening yep. is one of the best openings ever with Sarah oh, Poly.
0: Yeah. Yep. We're and it's so Oh man, it's great because she's. I'm picturing that whole thing because she's like leaving the hospital. It's got goosebumps. Like, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, shits already going down, and she just doesn't realize it, right? Yeah. And like she gets home, and then wakes up, and the neighbor girl is there, and like standing in their bedroom, and then like, fuck, and her husband like chase I the scene that scene where she is driving. And he is sprinting after her car yeah, sprinting as fast as he can. And it's only because somebody else is out watering their lawn that he veers off and like,
3: oh, right. To go, to go get like, them instead.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh man. It's that. Yeah. No, I love that. So I was ho- really hoping that he was kind of trying to get back into that universe, you know, have you seen the trailer for the Have you seen anything on this one at all?
3: No, I just have heard the title and I it didn't occur to me what you suggested, but from your tone I'm guessing it's not a sequel or in that realm. It's not
0: it? it's not even in that universe. No, it's kind of um I don't know. We could watch the trailer yeah, for that too by, yeah. if you wanted to. Let me Yeah, let me that's bring
3: up- uh, <laughs> Yeah, you picked the version and all.
0: So, this has a John Batista. No, Dave Batista is the main character.
2: Yeah. I love him as Drax.
0: Oh yeah. That character was made for him. Uh,
3: He played Tom Poe too in the kickboxer reboot. Oh really? Yeah.
0: So he, uh, I, I heard an interview with him once where he was just like, I want to do serious acting, but I can only get cast as these big hulks. And I'm like, so you're a big fucking Hulk, man. Like, exactly. <laughs> you don't look like a human being, so they're not going to cast you to play a human being. Like, also, oh, you um, don't get that way
3: by accident. It takes a lot of work to get exactly. looking like that. Like,
0: if you want, if you want to seriously act like, don't be that big. Like, just stop working out for a little. I, I know that's. I'm really minimizing it, and it's like, It'll I mean, he's right. an Adonis. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, he's gorgeous. Like, but man, stay in your lane. You're a big guy. Just be do big guy stuff. It worked for Arnold, right? Like, yeah. and then when you get old and you like let, you know, you stop worrying about that as much and you, then you can do the like more fun, serious stuff. Like, yeah. like Arnold's done some of that too, you know? So. JC,
3: JC has got a, the best sense of humor about himself as everybody, but he uses yeah. that to play. Like, that's the thing you'll see in all these movies. Like he's always putting on these costumes and stuff. But when you do that, I've, I feel like that's his way of getting to play other things. He doesn't yeah. really get to do it, but he's like, look, if I'm stuck in this little box, you got to let me play a little bit. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. No. Uh, and I think that's smart and uh, yeah. just knowing it, you know? So, and I'm not, and I also don't want to minimize his acting abilities. He's in the opening scene from Blade Runner 2049. Oh, I haven't which we seen have that to get, yet. We have to get Twinkie on to talk about that. Cause I finally mm-hmm. made it through it. And it oh. is, uh, it is, moving at how good of a movie that is i know oh, like, that's exciting without, it, it is it absolutely blew me away when i finally got through it and just like but he's in the opening scene of that he does he is a good actor that's the that's the thing but it's like you could be a good actor in action movies you'll make the action movie better if you're mm-hmm. doing that you know so yeah um yeah i watched so, that movie
3: he was in with uh kumail najami am i saying that name right it's like a it's a pretty throwaway movie, but it was he was fun in it. they were both fun in it, and there's this one scene where they're fighting. I just can't think of what it's called. but they're fighting, you know, like he's he's a huge guy cop fighting people, and Kumail's just like, just, just defeat him." <laughs> it's one of my favorite things in the last few years. That was this encouragement to the fight. just defeat him. I can't think of the name of it. I guess it doesn't matter,
0: but <laughs> he's in uh, let me see here. he's got a lot of shit coming out like army of the dead wwe survivor series stop wrestling that's the other way if you want to be a serious actor stop fucking wrestling
3: oh he he's an active wrestler he came from that world
0: yeah batista it was who he was as a wrestler
3: oh so like uh wwe type thing i didn't realize that at all somehow
0: my spy is that it
3: oh it's stuber that's what it is, cause Kumal plays a an Uber driver.
0: <laughs> oh, stupid. I, mean, I see it. It's
3: silly, but I don't know. It was really fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, he like he, and I still stand by it's uh, Kevin Klein's statement when he won the Golden Globe for the Ice Storm. It was the same year that uh, In and Out came out. Oh yeah. And he was much more proud of his work in In and Out than he was of the Ice Storm. Mm. And he said in his acceptance speech for the ice storm, it's a lot harder to make somebody laugh than it is to make them cry. And he wa- like pretty much walked off the stage. Every. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yep. <laughs> so,
3: especially oh, in the, the, with like to make, you can do things in movie. Like you can do the music. So much relies on the editing, all of that kind of stuff. And you can, you can pull those heartstrings but you can't, and I think there's a similar balance with, with the comedy, but it is, I do, I haven't done an, enough myself to like speak from like experience like they do, but I I can imagine how it would be a harder magic trick to pull off. Cause you can't just put funny music under something yep. and have it work. Yep. It it could yep. make it ridiculous. <laughs> um,
2: exactly.
3: Well, let's check this out. This uh, army of the, the dead. I got it. I got it ready. It's another All Netflix. Right. That's right. Of course.
0: Yep, yeah, it's right on Netflix. Uh, actually, I think Warner Brothers sold it to Netflix, and in hindsight, they regret doing it. So,
3: because oh, of the theater situation and all that.
0: Uh, no, I don't think it necessarily that. Just that it, it it did better than they thought it would. So, um, and I think they're trying to mend their relationship with Zack Snyder because they want to reboot his version of the DC universe. So,
3: oh, we should talk about that a little. A little bit. I've heard the opposite. Like that, the, they're they keep saying they're done, <laughs> and but but they did put money into that. You know, Justice League thing on HBO. Max. The,
0: the Snyder Cut. Yeah, yeah, and and the Flash is getting ready to come out, and that's supposed to tackle the multiverse, and they're supposed to be like Michael Keaton Batman in that.
3: Right. Yeah. I'm. I would like to see that. I have not been excited for a superhero thing, and I can't remember when. Though most of them yeah. I've seen. Oh, this hurts me to say it a little bit, but we tried Justice League and on HBO Max. Did you try it?
0: I did, and I couldn't do it.
3: <laughs> I mean, we were watching like a segment at a time and all this, and I'm fascinated by it. Like, I'm fascinated by train wrecks like that, <laughs> especially when they have different yeah. cuts and stuff. And yeah. I never saw the Joss Whedon one. And so I heard this really long podcast on how did this get made. Usually that show is all about like these are bad movies and we kind of make fun of them, but we're like how did this happen? Who let this happen? But but they're also like they'll watch those movies and like this is fucking great. Who cares like that it's kind of silly. <laughs> but right, right. so they did this kind of semi serious one on the Justice League. cut. It was an unusual move. But anyway, after listening to that, I was fascinated because they all said it was superior to the the one that came out in theaters and didn't make any sense. And then it, it it's like, it works. It seems to work on its own terms is what they're saying. Like you yeah. accept the, it gives it the grandeur and the time to unfold it, it. At least you can track it. And it's kind of a, it's its own thing. And they're like, it's important that they call it the Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's justice league or whatever. It's like, it's his yeah. vision and they're moving forward with all these other movies. And I think the idea is like that, Rather than have the the Marvel universe that is so um singular and like things don't necessarily deviate or whatever is like with DC, maybe there's embracing the multiverse and you can have this and then you can also have the whatever new Batman movie in The Flash and it's not gonna be like the same people always and all this stuff. Yeah. Kind of a multiverse type deal. Anyway, but we tried it and it wasn't I wasn't like, fuck this, I hate it, but i But I also just, like, I couldn't, we just ended up stopped watching it because we were never very excited to go back to it. We were watching it in, like, those 40-minute chunks. So I was a little bummed. I'd like to get back to it in a way because, like, I actually did, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I actually did kind of like Affleck's Batman. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Anyway. But so, but I heard that they were stopping it, that they were like, They kept putting out press releases and stuff like this, or be like, "Okay, we did this, we saw this through, but this is the end of Zack Snyder's thing." This has been a few months though, and I don't follow closely. So, where do you get the sense that uh, that they're going to start it up?
0: I mean, all of this is rumor, right? Even like what, even your your side or your take on it is rumor. So, uh, what I heard was they are really banking on. Cause the flash has been in like a quagmire, a production quagmire for like years, I guess. And oh. so it's finally like taking shape and they're focusing on the multiverse. And the rumors I heard was that they're going to use that multiverse as a justification because there's like, you know, there's like uh Robert Pattinson's Batman. There's a like called the Batman that's going to come out in like 22. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then there's, but Any of this stuff that's happening isn't taking place in that universe. So they're trying to use the multiverse to, like you said, to justify all the different versions of these things existing. And then the rumor is is that's going to allow them because he envisioned like a trilogy of these Justice League.
3: movies. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of truncated that for this, whatever the thing, they kind of let him do just enough to. Yeah. And so, but the rumor
0: is, is that they're going to let him have the other two like they're going to let him go like finish oh. up his justice league trilogy. Um but wasn't Justice so, League
3: the second? Like I thought it was Batman v Superman Justice League and then there'd be one more where you really get into that like well dark bad superman like that, thing he right? He
0: technically made like the real he made the two supermans that preceded Batman versus Superman too. Oh, right. Right. So like oh, okay. Uh, so and, the Justice League was versus-
3: supposed to be the first one of the of a trilogy so
0: i think justice league was supposed because they were trying to do the mcu thing so yeah like, yeah they started with batman they started with the solid property they got two solid sequels out of that and then that batman versus superman movie didn't they do two superman movies before that with henry cavill maybe or well, maybe least, it was just maybe, like
3: maybe it was just the one i think it was just the one because they went from that and one then where Batman versus end, superman was the yeah, second one yeah so
0: yeah. okay so then that introduces Batman into it, right? Mm-hmm. And so what they were trying to do, thats that was like how they got like Thor involved with MCU. And then they made an Avengers movie pretty early in mm-hmm. the whole MCU, like the in the Infinity Saga, right? Like they made the first Avengers movie pretty early. So that was how the, they were going to springboard. That was the third movie in the series. They were going to springboard those other characters then you were going to, you know, because you... I don't know if they have Martian Mindhunter in that or not. But they definitely have Cyborg, The Flash, Superwoman, Batman, Superman, Aquaman. Those are all in there. And then Aquaman was supposed to be the next one coming off of that. And then uh, Wonder Woman was happening and doing their own thing uh, along with... I think Wonder Woman even might have came out before... Uh, Justice League but
3: yeah I think it came out after uh, Batman v Superman because it's like embedded in there it's teased in there yeah, yeah I think so, it came out next
0: so there Zack Snyder was going to get to follow Superman through to the just through the Justice League stories he that that was going to be his part of the properties uh, and then all these other directors were going to be doing the other characters but anytime they came into a, a Justice League movie which he envisioned three of those anytime they came into one of those, he would be directing them outside of their own series. Right. So,
3: yeah. Like Affleck uh, was supposed to do the Batman for the longest yeah, time. He was,
0: and he was shooting it. And then like, I, I'm thinking alcoholism is what drove. I think him away so. from that. And uh, I heard a
3: rumor like, or I heard in that same podcast, they did a kind of crossover podcast with, with a thing I would like, I think like, how did this get made? They did a crossover podcast for this justice league thing with, can't remember the name of the podcast, but the, the that podcast goes through directors' careers and follows them. Can't believe gotcha. I don't listen to this thing. <laughs> but anyway, so they were they were kind of approaching it from um, from that standpoint. But but uh, I, it was in this podcast that I heard a report. It wasn't like someone said I heard this. I don't think. I think it was from somewhere. But it definitely sounds like a rumor. Basically, that some friend of Affleck because it had like Affleck's version had like the writer of argo involved and like it had good people involved but i think somebody said because he was like going away and coming back to it they're like if you keep with this you're gonna die you're gonna drink yourself to death something like that and they're basically like you gotta let this go
0: and so he did yeah yeah so the movie was like driving him to drink uh i
3: I whatever it is that surrounded it and trying to make it happen and and I don't know. Perhaps like it, those those DC movies, they draw a lot of ire. Like people get pissed. And I'm not excluding myself from that entirely. I, I just I'm not super invested. Um right. but I haven't been like happy with them. <laughs> so, well. So.
0: I mean, comic book fans are Star Wars fans, right? I don't like Star Wars fans. So I can't oh, imagine. Com- yeah, they're worse. <laughs> worse, like comic book guys are like worse, right? Yeah, I or... think
3: so. Yeah, and this—I mean, like I said, I can kind of include myself there. Yeah, I just try not to give people too much shit.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. I, I it, it uh, you hear? I hear more and more about the Zack Snyder shit. Like his wife is his producer on all oh, the shit. Oh
3: man, this this
0: killer. Because right, she and, like, died, right? The, no, the daughter, their daughter oh. died oh. during the production of Justice League. Right. Their daughter dies. And so, and Warner Brothers would not give him, they were already getting heat from Batman versus Superman. It was not like, people were not liking the directions and choices that he was making. And so, it was just this perfect storm of awfulness. Their mm-hmm. daughter dies. They're coping with that, trying to still be professional, still trying to do this stuff. Executives don't care about any of that. They just want this property to be successful. And I I don't know. I feel like he, they probably took themselves out of it. Like we're probably like, give it to somebody else, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It if could have been a smart. combination
3: too, like of that and then wanting to kind of lighten it up. What bringing yep. in Joss Whedon, the quippy guy? That was interesting too. Like here in the 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 contrast between the Weedon cut and the Snyder cut. I didn't get. I, like I said, I didn't finish the whole thing. But like, there's talk about what what came from one, what came from the other it was kind of surprising because like, there's all these scenes I guess in graveyards, and they were like, we always thought the guys talking about it were like, we always figured that those were Weedon reshoots because you know so much of Buffy took place in graveyards with like funny quips and stuff. But all of that stuff was in the Snyder cut. Anyway, it's it's fascinating, but it, wow. it doesn't quite like yeah, it didn't quite work. So, but in, and in general, like I haven't seen a lot of his movies. In fact, in this podcast, they mentioned the thing about him being you know the Dawn of the Dead guy because the the remake two thousand four remake, um, because they were had followed his career at some point. Which I had completely forgotten and possibly never actively knew <laughs> that you know like put it together like oh that's the three hundred guy and the the he does like sucker punch and I don't know there's like a pretty yep. distinctive thing that he does that is that is well I, I maybe not for me <laughs> but but that's okay and and I respect the fact that he like goes all in on it yeah <laughs> and it, it, he, it's not quite there in Dawn of the Dead though like that hadn't emerged that. And that I I really think he got
0: that that stylized look that is his Um, because he did three hundred I think yeah that's yeah that's where he really refined that look yeah and then he tried to apply that on other stuff uh, yeah that like saturated uh slow mo um, so slow mo like so not John Woo slow mo but like,
3: the... even even more slow mo than John Woo it's <laughs>
0: crazy. Yeah, so uh, he does like
3: speed ramps within speed ramps. Like it'll be slow mo, and then it'll kind of move up, and then it'll slow again. <laughs> it's wild, but uh, yeah. So this is his latest. It's
0: like Michael this. Bay. That's a yeah. I compare Zack Snyder yeah. and Michael Bay a lot. They look they, their styles are very similar.
3: Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I could see that. But my, but like yeah, Michael Bay is like Michael. But but like Zack Snyder is. He's like a more. It's more cartoonish. I think that's what it is. It's like yeah. so much more pronounced. It's like the most extreme Instagram filter type deal. I love it's
0: Watchmen like, though. Have you seen Watchmen?
3: The film? He, oh, was that his yeah, film? Right. That's it. I yeah. saw it when it came out, and I don't remember it super well. Series, uh, he, TV series is fucking great, but he didn't. I, mean, I don't think anything can do with that.
0: No, but that's just like that's a continuation of his movie. It's like a.
3: It's a. It's its own thing, because the movie was a a a remake, or the movie was the graphic novel, the renowned graphic novel. But the television show is actually its own thing. Like it's like it it is based on all those characters, but it's not telling retelling any of the stories. Oh, gotcha. Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah. That I can't. I, I mean, it and it is superheroes, but in a different way and we're used to seeing i don't know i i liked i loved that series more than i thought and i think i mentioned the guy that plays larry underwood plays a younger version of one of the because so in the Watchmen movie like it you know there's all the heroes and they're kind of like some people hate them and all this and um but uh in the tv series it's it's after all that it's like a long time after all that uh and so gotcha. people are looking back on it and they almost like remember them like they were on TV or something. Gotcha. And so one of the one of the heroes that they remember that the origin story has the dude who plays Larry Underwood. And it's the it's the most it's the best origin story I've ever seen. Wow. It's so cool. And I, I, I mentioned I did the little wraparound or intro thing to uh I I put our stand episode out before the, the first half of that conversation that we had last whatever it was. So uh, I mentioned in that, that that it was in Watchmen that I that was where I heard about the Tulsa Race Massacre. I never heard of that ever. That's how that show opens. And and at first I thought it was just the a fiction of the show <laughs> and only later found out that that it was a real thing and I guess like this is the 100th year anniversary of it like wow. where they basically they wiped out Black Wall Street or whatever. But anyway, I don't want to give too much away, but I a big pitch for TV show Watchmen fucking amazing and you're telling me that 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 you were also a big fan then of the watchman movie which yeah. i oh yeah now i, I want to re-see
0: as far as like Zack snyder stuff goes if Zack snyder is not your like i feel like that one stands out his dawn of the dead stands out um but the i understand what you mean about it looking kind of cartoony. um and in, in, in looking back, looking, thinking back at Army of the Dead, I really feel like there's a lot of. um, Who's the guy that directed Dawn of the Dead? Not Dawn of the Dead. Um, Evil Dead.
3: Oh, Sam that's Raimi.
0: Him. Sam Raimi. Yeah, that's who I thought it was. I feel like there's a little bit of homages in the like style of makeup that they use in this Army of the Dead uh to to his style of making people look especially in the evil dead anytime somebody would get possessed their features would <laughs> change and the 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 zombies in this army of the dead remind me of that but look,
2: oh, look, cool. we've been, let's we've see been we've been you, yeah, teasing around this for like oh, oh yeah <laughs> long walk for
0: this but let's let's watch this and then we'll we'll dissect this a little bit and i won't give okay. i i probably will spoil the shit out of it sorry so that's
3: that's okay i'm not, I, I like i'm quasi curious but i'm much more interested to talk about it with you
0: yeah all right so let's uh on three and three
3: actually i'm not including the trailer because it's mostly uh the cover song that we will we'll talk about after and couldn't necessarily follow a lot of it via audio and we didn't talk through it much and we don't want to get dinged but we do want you to see the trailer so if you go to our youtube channel you know youtube.com maybe you're already there slash long walk short drink you can see videos mentioned on the show you can actually see um the universal monster classic collection that i was talking about you can see like the commercials from 1991 that people um published on youtube and then also the trailer for the Van Damme movie and the trailer for Army of the Dead, um, which you can just watch without any um, interference from us. So I encourage you to do that. And then uh, now back to Palmer and I talking about. Well, you go watch it now. <laughs> so go ahead and watch it now. I'll put a link in uh, the show notes as well. And then um, come back and hear us talk about it.
2: What is this? It's a goddamn zombie tiger. That's crossing over line. <laughs> you got no the hold up. No wind
0: to And I I don't know what it is. I'm just a sucker for a good remix and that is a great remix of <laughs> no one <laughs> to hold them. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. And, and when they just like when they time it all up with the shit happening i yeah. i love trailers i wish i i don't know maybe maybe in something that is created somewhere in the future they like movies just become trailers where it's just like this like perfect it's per, they're perfect like, like if there's grind out, of one, remember
3: the grindhouse thing where, yeah, where some of yes. those ended up getting made into movies but that was kind of fun, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, they it, it just they're just perfect. They're like all the perfect pieces of the movie put in because you have to. That's what gets you to yeah. watch them, right? And yeah, so, and you got
3: to figure out what it is to communicate. I've actually yeah. been cutting trailers. I don't. I don't want to get into this too much, but it is relevant. I've been cutting trailers for old my old like I'm. I've got a like I've got a three picture. I got a Zack Snyder three picture thing. <laughs> Two of them are shot. One of them is like gonna happen maybe but there are all these kind of like kind of uh autobiographical documentary type things and in order to and i'd like to take them into festivals and stuff which i've done a little bit and i've been to festivals that i haven't been in and i realized like a big part of it is going to be context and, and the kind of oddity of being a guy who has made these or finished these autobiographical documentaries but i can't be like you need to watch all these things and i don't feel like i can just explain it but i was like you know it'd be helpful if there were like a short like two or three minute version of these movies that you could just that potentially could be watched it even occurred to me like oh when i'm doing like rough cut screenings of the ones i'm working on to hone them i could show the trailers for these other ones (laughs) anyway so i'm like let's cut together these trailers so in the last year with COVID, as i've kind of rescued some things the lunch meat thing with the crow had me doing that Actually, when that came through, I was working on a trailer for the documentary about the when we remade the Crow, Jacko and I, and that did go to a film festival. Right. So I was able to add like the laurels and stuff. It was really fun, but it was it's been a little bit harder than I thought because you do have to know exactly what the movie is about, which is a little harder with documentaries sometimes. If you yeah. if you were an inexperienced person making them, um. But anyway, so I've been I've been living in that world a lot actually. I made a, so I made this like trailer for the Inertia remaking the Crow that I made back in two thousand one. I made an extended trailer for this like other movie NJs and the Jeff tour tour documentary that that's a long story. But but essentially like was I was gifted five tapes that no one had ever seen of this like uh, s- small band trios tour. And I put it, made it into a movie that no one ever saw. I was like, "Well, no one can ever see this," but I guess maybe I could put together a trailer that paints a picture because it was really remarkable to me what was revealed in those tapes. Anyway, I did that, and then just recently I finished the Steve uh, one about the Steve movie that oh, you awesome. helped a lot with, with which I forgot until I made the thing. How much you helped with that movie, filming stuff, oh, and whatnot? I didn't know that. Yeah, and I think I'm going to do one more before I actually... Because I actually have a trailer for one of the other forthcoming movies already made. But I think um, the very first documentary I made, the Dreaming Out Loud one, was the Cabin Concert. And I think what I'm going to do is turn that into a a trailer as well. But it's a very specific endeavor. And I remember reading Robert Rodriguez's book. It'll um, be right here. Yeah rebel without a crew where he it's like kind of his diary about uh making el mariachi and he he talked a lot about um how when he he wanted to cut a trailer for this to help sell it to spanish home video and then he hoped that like eventually after doing three of these in this way he could make a hollywood movie or something like that or have a reel a demo reel so anyway but his but i remember realizing that it's like you figure out about your movie what what works, what the thing is, all the best shots, put forth your best foot, all of this. And so it was it's been an interesting thing for me to like delve into. So it's funny, I guess it's just funny for me that you bring it up that it because uh, 'cause I've spent a lot of time doing that recently. Like that's a job yeah. that people have. Like people cut trailers. I remember oh, hearing man. about I don't know who, but like people would cut trailers for like Roger Corman, like maybe Scorsese or something. And then you get to go on uh it's a specific thing, and um, and I've been spending a lot of time doing it. So uh, it's cool to hear
0: that you're. I would love to have that job. At. The trailers are so awesome. Well, maybe I'll
3: uh, I'll I'll have you help me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for one coming in the future, perhaps. Yeah, uh, maybe. Or like at least give me some feedback. Because, but anyway, the the idea. Uh, the only reason I don't watch them is because I I love going into movies that I'm excited about fresh. Totally so it's kind fresh. of it's yeah. kind of funny that i because I, I like them too i just don't want to see them before i see the movie <laughs> if, yeah. if, no, if, I, I, think if I
0: yeah i think that's totally fair and i for sure have done that on stuff that i'm super excited about um but i have found in my age that I uh, it just makes me more if i'm truly excited about it even if the trailer just, where I'm just like, oh, that looks like garbage, I'll still mm-hmm. watch it. The trailer is not going to sway me one way or another. Yeah, but I will find enjoyment out of the trailer.
3: In the trailer you know itself, I mean? yeah, yeah. Well, and these yeah. two trailers, like the Van Dam one, I wasn't excited. Now I am. I am not yeah. annoyed that I saw things from that movie. Um, I had no intention of seeking out um Army of the Dead, and now that we watch that, I'm like. Oh, I think I'd like to see that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was the same. Like when I finally watched the trailer for it, like we were not subscribed to Netflix and it just so happened that the end of the month was last week. And so I was like, I'm going to rejoin Netflix at the end of the month. So that way we're back on it because I know Cobra Kai is coming later this year and we'll have it for that. Um, Love, Death and Robots, season two came onto Netflix, which is this like, it's an anthology series that it's a mixed media science fiction anthology series. That's probably the best way to sell that. And it's, uh, so the first one I think is like nine episodes and each one is their own self-contained story. They don't, they're not related to each other. Um, And they're just really brilliant science fiction. And Hmm. so the second season of that came out and there's all styles of like, there's, live action animation combination on one. And then the next one's all anime style and the next one's all CG. And the next one's like watercolor animation. And so there's just, then there's traditional animation that makes you feel like you're watching an eighties cartoon. Like they just changed that. Like everyone has their unique style and story that is being told really, really awesome. Really, uh, and like good science fiction like really makes you like they're you know i i see science fiction as like a cautionary always is a cautionary tale like it's always mm. like this is where we could go this is what could happen this is like this is how technology could shape society you know yeah. and uh yeah I'm, they're all good always. i'm interested
3: in that blade runner thing but i'm the blade runner's got to be like that right the oh yeah yeah, yeah. big
0: time uh huh. it, it is yeah i would highly recommend watching that it, it, it just I, re- I remember finishing it because i watched it over two days because it is kind of long and it is i mean blade runner is a very like low-key movie right it's an act like it's a quote-unquote action but it's a lot of like it's that noir style yeah, so it's there's like, a
3: kind of a yeah there's starts it's, and it's, stops
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah yeah and <laughs> it's
0: dark and like it just feels a little oppressive and like the color palette's not very like broad and uh 2049. Oh Jesus, there is yeah, I I it it moves me when it moved me when I watched it. And so like I had to reach out to Twinkie when I was done. Like I, I was like, I finally finished this and I would really love to dissect it with you and oh. Uh, it is so 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 very good
3: oh let's do that i'm i'm uh i'm into that idea i'm always looking i always love an excuse to get twinkie yeah (laughs) on uh on one of these calls and i'm intrigued by that and it's all it's nice too we do a lot of tv series i I realize and that takes a minute yeah which which is very rewarding um but the discussion can be long and exhausting <laughs> yeah. So to do a, a just a single movie sounds fun. Um, yeah. No. Absolutely. I'll I may uh, well, I'll chime in on a text thread. Get the, start start thinking about that. Working towards that because I would I think I would need a little bit. Of, I would need that to make make sure I make the time in my watching like Michael Dudikoff movies and the Before Sunrise trilogy <laughs> <laughs> to make this happen. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I'm uh, totally doing all those things.
0: That's, um, that's spectacular.
3: So to uh, so tell uh, me like what was your reaction to to seeing this movie Army of uh, uh, the Dead.
0: So I, I there is uh I don't know how much how much you've have seen in the news about it but like um I without giving away which character or actor it is one of the actors was added their their performance was added in oh. post production. So, i I know
3: that that happened but i don't know who i think i knew who okay, was replaced so that, but i i don't so, know who was yeah so who i'm not gonna tell you, so
0: don't seek that out if you're gonna watch it don't seek that out because i'm curious to see i knew that going into it and it was very telling knowing uh, that
3: i know it's but a comedian I, situation so yeah that. i so wonder I if i'll told, be able to tell
0: i, I told ash I was like I wondered in hindsight if I had not known that if I would have fallen for the trick but knowing it up front it was a little obvious uh in maybe maybe obvious maybe I and that's a perceived obvious right like you you're like oh you know that person's not actually there mm-hmm. uh so um that I I definitely don't research that anymore yeah, uh, uh, what you know is probably to, enough to give it away it may come back
3: to me too the yeah, person yeah. replacing yeah the, uh, so
0: uh but yeah. even that person was just fucking fantastic so just like awesome and the performances were really good uh there were two times that the They try to inject a little bit too much drama into it, I feel like. And it's like, this has been a buddy, quibby action movie. And then you're, we're stopping to do the, and I know that that happens. It just felt out of place. Both times that it happens, it felt out of place. Yeah. So, um, other than that though, awesome. Uh, really good. I mean, you're not going to get anything new. It's not like he revolutionizes the zombie genre or the action genre or the action horror genre or anything like that. Like, it's not like he revolutionizes anything. You're not getting any. It's it's like a it's a great popcorn movie. That's probably the best. Like, it's a, it's a great like Gone in sixty seconds or or one of those where you're just like it's this awesome ensemble cast that you'll never be like when you find out people haven't seen it you're never going to be like oh we're going to watch this right now with some you know where some movies are like that it is just it's just a fun movie like you just suspend a little disbelief escape a little bit that's kind of been my theme this year anyways is trying to like get out of reality a little bit and just like you know and this fit in there pretty well so i'm
3: into it that there's when something about what you were saying reminded me uh of Zombie Land 2, a trailer I saw and was fascinated by but forgot about. Have you seen that?
0: Yeah, great. It also good. Fucking amazing. like they did such a good job. So that has a long history too. So like Zombie Land the first one was fantastic.
3: Yeah, right? you like, showed it, me that. I remember you came to our place in uh, Cleveland Heights and I I'm sure we had some drinks and I I think you fell asleep, which I have always like happens. I love that actually, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but for some reason I don't remember the movie very well, almost at all. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if that's cause I drank too much or I fell asleep or what happened,
0: but I don't remember it very well, but, but I was really
3: charmed by the trailer for zombie land too.
0: No, the second one was really blew me away because, cause so Amazon did this really awesome thing. I feel like, feel like they might've been one of the first streamers to try to adapt this where they, they greenlit a number of pilots like one episode of these like pet projects yeah Jean-Paul pod of
3: was... van Dam was one of them <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or sorry and, uh, jean-claude van johnson and the tick yeah. and
0: yeah the tick we had to and... vote for
3: it I, I i had a little campaign the bride yeah. posted on facebook whatever year this was because i wasn't on it <laughs> she's she was telling me at the time she's like can you send me a picture of you doing the splits and this that or the other i'm like why? What are you up to? <laughs> and she never told me, but I'm like, all right, I'd like people to see this where, whatever you're doing. <laughs> so I just sent them to her and, uh, turned out she posted like a Facebook thing about like my best buddy really wants this movie, this, this show to get green lit. Here's him. Like, you know, as a kid loves Van Damme, uh, let's make this happen. But then they greenlit them all that season. That was the thing that happened. Like you thought you're yeah. going to vote for it. And only one was going to get it, but I, I think they greenlit all of those shows. It was like a little stunt. They did stumped. not and greenlight
0: they, Zombieland, because zombie <gasps> was one it was of those. Oh, it must they, have been.
3: It wasn't that cr- crop, because that would have cleaned up.
0: Yeah, maybe this was earlier. <laughs> yeah. But there was yeah. a Zombieland show, and it was... Really? They were, trying to, they were trying to continue that story, but in a television show, and they had made this pilot of it. Um, I, I wonder if I can find... Because it's not like it's not Woody Harrelson; it's somebody playing Woody Harrelson's character, oh. and that's probably why it didn't take off. Is because you know it, only Michael Sarah is that Michael Sarah? No, Jesse. Yeah. Uh, is it Michael Sarah? No,
3: no, you're right, Jesse Eisenberg. Sorry. Jesse Eisenberg, Which, you got me yeah. there for a second.
0: <laughs> no, they're very similar. Lex very Luther. Similar. Yeah. In what so, like, fucking world? <laughs>
3: <laughs> is he Lex Luthor? That makes me so bad. I'm yeah, sorry, no, Zack no, Snyder. No, that's fair.
0: That's fair. You're. I'm sorry. He is You're, the cilantro of that fucking film. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, come on. Nobody's going to be Gene Hackman, though. I mean, that's. No. He will always be my Lex Luthor. Yeah. I love that. Because he
3: played it. That portrayal of Lex and, and, and Otis and all that. Oh, he yes, just please. Did it
0: so perfect. <laughs> well, he's, he's out for just- real estate. Swarmy and just like a charming, talker. yeah, super charming. Like, uh, Landingham.
3: Yeah. come on,
0: yeah. Gene Hackman will always be my Lex Luthor, like, hands the, down, yeah. Even Kevin Michael Spacey Sarah. wasn't a good Lex Luthor, like, it was that all... was like
3: a good try, <laughs> but but yeah, no, yeah, I'll give you that. But <laughs> that was a good uh, idea at the time, I think yeah. I could see. Um,
0: but Army of the Dead, definitely check it out. Uh, Let me see if I can find
3: looking at my waveforms. I'm just like shouting feels old school, man. Oh yeah. (laughs)
0: 2013, 2013 is when this was released. So like, wow. First episode date, April 19th, 2013 final episode date, April 19th, 2013. No, they only made one episode. Oh, Wow. So this is back in 2013. It says Zombieland TV series dropped by Amazon after unsuccessful pilot. So pilot was a pilot. Uh, you watch television? You know what television is? I don't oh, that I screwed it up. That's <laughs> <laughs> <all right>. uh, <laughs> If you uh, click that oh. that I just sent you, that will show you at, at least a screenshot of like these are the. These are the people they got Whoa. to play those characters. Oh, so, this
3: doesn't feel right. Yeah, at
0: all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they already had something going against them, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you, I mean, there is something. I, I feel like Woody Harrelson plays himself in that movie. Like that's that's what Woody Harrelson would be like in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, so. But yeah, the see that I would recommend going back to the first one. I'd recommend watching the second one. Maybe they don't age very well. I guess. But
3: the, well, the second one's like what? Last year, or the year before. It's not old. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, it's not very old. But it didn't. It did not play out very well. Like it didn't do very well in the box office, and it didn't oh. do very well. And uh, I, I think we're just. I think we're over the zombie genre. Yeah. This, uh, I think we Uh, should
3: be. I don't know what's going on. Like the bride and I love, like or like, have stuck with the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead universe, but you just can't continue these things for that long. And and they, the the Walking Dead spun off into Fear the Walking Dead, and I can't tell you how many changes that show has went through. And it's currently better than it's been, but oh my god! And there's a third one. (laughs) What? that we started to watch and just like kind of fell off. But like, yeah, it's like it, it, uh, (laughs) I don't know. It's I, I know films, all these things, they take a long time to ramp up and get going. And I guess there's a lot invested. So you don't just stop it dead. (laughs) If you can help it, if somebody doesn't, somebody in the cast or whatever, doesn't do something terrible where you got to shelve it or digitally replace them. But yeah, I don't know, and I because I like zombie stuff, I like these shows, but it definitely seems as So the it, the the fact that this is a zombie like apocalypse movie is surprising, but yeah. nonetheless, lo, look, I don't know, it just looked fun, and so it, it, uh, I might, I'd again, like to check it out.
0: It's a popcorn movie, like I'm all for it. Yeah, don't go into it like <laughs> expecting like to be changed or anything like that. I think that might have been too part of. I might have had a little too high expectations for it, Because when it was over. My complaint was I was like, "Oh, it was just a zombie action movie." And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, "But that's all it needed to be." So Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it,
3: interesting cuz like the zo- that that actually is a telling combination. The zombie thing don't expect to be changed cuz I thought I was like, "What yeah. do you mean?" But then I realized like, "Oh yeah. That genre is literally invented by a single guy who didn't yep. even call them zombies at first you know yep. and, and didn't even necessarily intend a social context but yeah george romero once that caught on by the time he got to dawn of the dead each of them was a social commentary on something and he made yep. a bunch of them actually they're not all equally excellent but uh they're always saying something and so yep. that that became kind of part of it i guess yep. um but uh, the Zombieland*, land the Zombieland*, land zombie 2 what are they kind of What's the so that tone? I don't feel like are they saying something, or are they? What's like a
2: the I vibe definitely of that?
0: Got it from well. I think they build up to it. Like it's it's that even in the worst of times, you're not you're always going to be better if you have a network of family to rely on. You know what I mean? Like yeah, because they're all they're all like isolated. Like it starts out where they're all kind of isolated, and then they kind of run into it like. Y- he runs into woody harrelson at some point and they become partners and and it's like we're just sticking together because it's easier right now but the second we can part ways we're going to and then and the same thing when they run into the the girls where that's that kind of the same sentiment is happening but the longer they spend together the more they realize like not only are we, is it safer for us to be together? Like it's mentally safer for us to be together and it helps us stay sane in this crazy world that we live in. Um, that, I, that's would be my take on, on both of them actually, is they both keep coming back to this like sense of family is what you make it, not like what you're given. And, um, that That sounds lovely
3: yeah i'm in (laughs) he sold it i didn't even need to see the trailer or i had seen the trailer but that's a better sell than the trailer
0: yeah so i think family i think family and like the importance of that even in the worst of times if you can always scrape it back to that family and that network to rely on that's um that's what's more important so i don't know what the, the Things I recall
3: I, about the vibe, the, what what I was hearing of uh, Zombieland Two, I, I I don't know who I heard. I feel like I heard an interview with one of the people on a podcast, one of the cast members or something, and they were basically talking about that they kind of felt that way about each other, and that that that's the way that the second one was was made, and none of them were going to make it unless all of them made it. Yeah, and I was just like, wow, that sounds so nice the idea that they perhaps what's on screen is sort of mirrored in real life and it informs yeah. that and stuff. Yeah. That I had forgotten about that, but they, maybe uh, I'll have to check all this out in the near future and blade runner.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's this <laughs> hilarious scene in um, the second zombie land where, which one is the brunette Wilson brother? Oh, that I want to say Luke. Yes. Is that Luke Wilson? Okay. Oh, is so, he the
3: one that's like the mirror, of Woody? Harrelson?
0: Yeah, and then there's a mirror of Jesse Eisenberg, and that's so they show, they're at this place, and uh, what's that's her, what I remember from the trailer. Emma Stone, yeah. uh, not Emma Stone, the um, the love interest from Clerks Two.
3: Oh, Rosario Dawson.
0: Yeah. So she, oh, wow, she lures them in because she's a survivor, and Woody Harrelson and her have this like really like. Awesome thing, but she's a survivor. And then Luke Wilson with his version of Jesse Eisenberg, who is a comedian, who I know i i, I, I by face I know him, but I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. It.
3: Yeah, I remember this from the trailer because this is what but really like they were mirroring they each other.
0: literally mere opposites yeah. of each other, and it, so then it's like, oh well, it's no wonder she was attracted to him because she was attracted to Luke Wilson, and like, and they. <laughs> oh it's hilarious they have their own they have rules too because that was like his stick from the first one was like he's got rules (laughs) for survival and Mm -hmm. so but he calls the the other guy doesn't call him rules he calls him something other like that's even more chotch than than calling them rules and uh it's a hilarious scene uh that is that that alone is worth watching the second one for so
2: Oh man,
3: I in. Mean, I did not expect to go down like a zombie movie rabbit hole. That was fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh yeah. But I would check out army of the dead. It's worth watching at least once. Uh, if you're in that genre, like I could see doing like a trilogy of doing all yeah, of three, those three. Like, yeah. yeah. Like doing the two zombie lands and then this, they will be drastically different from each other for sure. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what the social commentary would be on army of the dead. Um, there may not
3: be one, like you say. It's like there doesn't necessarily have to be, but yeah. that, but I I realize that that is in the DNA of that genre, sort of. Because I've never seen this, but it's like what is it called? Re- is it called Return of the Dead?
0: That's the oh, whole, Return I, of the Living Dead. That's the, the like, Return the spoof. of the
3: Living. Yeah. So the spoof is where they introduce the whole idea that they eat brains. Yeah, and that's part of the whole like thing. But like as a... And I didn't see these till I was older, but I I took to them. Like I really liked them, the first three like dead movies. In fact, I just had this terrible experience where I got a 4K Dawn of the Dead from the UK and I have region-free, like I bought a region-free Blu-ray. Yeah, but it's a 4K. And so I was all excited. My first Bachelor weekend was like built around it. Yeah. And then it, it arrived in time. I'm like wow what are the odds with all the thing in the mail and then i realized you have to have some sort of advanced player to play a 4k <laughs> Oh, whatever. so i'm like can i find this streaming in 4k because we watch oh you
0: just have a blu-ray player you have a region free yeah. blu-ray player yes. you don't have a and 4K a region free
3: dvd player oh my god yeah. but not a whatever you call it and then Cause that, but like the bride and I watched. She had never seen Evil, any of the Evil Dead's. I remember you showed me the Evil Dead's in like yeah, yeah, twenty, two thousand four or something like that. But she had never seen any of them. She was curious. She wanted to see the second one. We streamed it, rented it in four K, and I was like, holy shit, this is gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. Like the the grain and all that. And so the idea of getting to revisit Dawn of the Dead that way was so exciting to me. And so I I've had to be. It's like, I have to, at some point, and I also have a, um, Apocalypse Now 4k, and I've been kind of thinking about like revisiting that movie. And I realized like, oh, I can't play that either (laughs) anyway, but, uh, I don't know what I'm saying, but, but I, I, I think so fondly of those movies, the, the, the dead movies and, um,
0: you're talking about, uh,
3: the first three, especially *Living Don- oh yeah. So when people yeah. say shit about like brains, I'm like, no,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they
3: yeah, don't yeah. need brains.
0: <laughs> you but, mean but *Night of the Living Dead*, *Day of uh, Dawn of the Living Dead*, and *Day of the Living Dead*, right? Like, yeah, those, like and those they three kinda, are the original three.
3: Yes, and there's still one every decade. Like 1990, um, Tom Savini remade *Night of the Living Dead* in color. It was his first directorial movie. They yep. still made one like every 10 years.
0: Who Savini was for, if this makes it to the air, Savini is the his makeup and special effects guy that worked with Romero on all three of those original movies. Well, he
2: started
3: on Dawn and he's in Dawn. Oh, Dawn. Yeah,
0: that's right. He's he's the uh, biker. He's the biker on on Dawn of the Dead. But he also, like, so that movie is renowned for its special effects and makeup. And he pioneered a lot of that. Like him and his crew pioneered a lot of that stuff in that
3: movie. Yeah. So And then the the one after that, and then Day of the Dead... You also in the movie is uh Greg Nicotero. I'm getting confused because Tig Nicotero <laughs> is that her was <laughs> yeah, in yeah, the yeah. trailer there.
2: Greg Notaro. Nicotero,
3: Nataro. Thanks. So, so yeah. Greg Tig Nataro and Greg Nicotero are two different people. <laughs> Greg Nicotero was like a sort of the protege like of Tom Savini or wanted to be. He's in that movie Day of the Dead and now he's like co-producer of all these dead shows with, you know, Robert Kirkman and the, uh, the walking dead folks. Um, and he's like a special effects, like guru, but now like director and all this shit. He owns yeah. like a restaurant in Georgia with Norman Reedus who plays, a uh, Daryl in those shows anyway. Yeah, it's, yeah. But it's a beautiful kind of family thing. They grew out of Pittsburgh, all this. And so I love the idea of that homegrown business, but it's interesting how the, the satire can color the whole thing, like sure. like it, that becomes part of the. So someone sort of poking fun at the whole thing then becomes part of the larger narrative to where most people think zombie they think brains. Yep. Uh, and um,
0: well, and that shows yeah. you the power of like of cult followings. That shows yeah. you the power of humor because I that's where I think is like that's where I think helps saturate that is because they tied all of that grotesqueness and all of the, like return of the living dead has some pretty good special effects in it they're like when that gas comes out and they they happen to be in this place that all these preserve things are in it's in this warehouse and like i remember being a kid and there's like one of those scientific models where it's a dog cut in half it's like a puppy cut in half Whoa. so you can see its insides yeah and like that they free that gas down in the basement. That's how the return of the living dead starts. And it goes up into this warehouse. So like all the preserved insects are like trying to get out of their preservation stuff. But I remember that puppy being cut in half and like, it was kicking its legs and barking. Like, but it was, Whoa. it was like, fr- you know what I mean? You, you know, those? Yeah, it would be remarkable to talk-
3: see. I, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but, but like even a cross
0: section bifurcated. Yeah. 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 But uh, I, I think when you combine all of, like, and it's done pretty well, like now the sequels for Return of the Living Dead, they just get schlockier and schlockier as you go on to where the third oh, one even doesn't even feel. Oh, uh, I think there's like six or seven of those. Like they oh, just wow. like, uh, and the the third one is like totally different than, it, it's weird. But the first one for sure, and probably the second one, they're done relatively well, but they're they're told from that like humorous angle. And I yeah. think that is what helps a little, that brings in a wider audience. It brings in like, I can watch this because it's funny. And if you're already, right. or just like rolling your eyes at zombie movies, you know, cause they're just like these dumb horror movies. Maybe that, well, this one makes fun of those dumb horror movies. So I can, or like scared this. a little bit, like you oh, might not scared. be brave enough. Yeah, but like, the, can, but the funny yeah. stuff like helps you make, makes it a little more palatable. You're just broadening the audience just enough, so it totally makes sense that it makes you know that that permeates and helps color yeah. the whole thing a little bit. But I I I'm not as purist, not as much of a purist as you, as far as the sense like the like the brains thing and all that stuff. I I think it all fits. Like that's just all. If there can be all these different versions of Batman, there can be all these different versions of zombies, right? That's why. Yeah. I, I used to hold up that torch, like, "Oh, twenty eight days later are not zombies; those are infected." And it's like, <laughs> "Yeah, no, they're fucking zombies. They're just a different <laughs> kind of zombies." You know right. what I mean? Like, because yeah. somebody could make the argument that George Romero's zombies are infected with something too that's causing that to happen. You know, right, so, right, uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I do think though <laughs> that it, like the pop culture is ready to move past zombies. And that, I agree.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm a fan so, and I want to catch up by the, these things that we mentioned. I'd like to see even return of the living dead. I've never seen. I'd like to,
0: I'd like to check that out too. Oh, I think man. that's on uh, I think that might be on Amazon prime. Um, oh, good. At least, good. at least the first one. So you could just see like, and that honestly is the best one out of all of those, but yeah. Um, you know, it's just like any horror movie from that time period. If it was even remotely popular, we need to make as many of those as we can and yeah. just cash in on that. You know, that's how you have like seventeen Jason movies and seven, yeah. you know, a half a dozen or a dozen uh, Freddy Krueger movies and all that shit. It's like all that same time period.
2: Yeah,
3: so, yeah. Someday I'll fall down those respective rabbit holes. <laughs> that, that's uh. my bread and
0: butter. Those, the, those, those two series and the Puppet Master series. That's like my kung fu movies. Like the oh nice, uh, you know. So.
3: Well, I'll keep you posted when I... I mean, I started a little bit. Like I, I, I've only seen the first Friday the 13th years ago, and there was a minute where I was going through Wes Craven movies a few years ago, and I got up to... You know, I'm trying to remember. No, I don't think I saw... I don't think I saw even Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I just watched Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and a New Nightmare, the one that was kind of meta yeah, and of course I really liked both of those, um, there, and I believe there's a really cool like box set or documentary series, something about the the Friday the Thirteenth series, all that stuff like really intrigues me, and I could easily get excited about that. Yeah, but in the meantime, I'll try. I'm gonna try to maybe check out at least some of these uh, zombie movies we talked about, and I'd like to work towards the uh, the Blade Runner. What's the number associated with it? Twenty forty nine. Twenty forty nine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause I think the, like the first Blade Runner takes place in like 99 or something like that. Oh, or, or maybe it's not that far apart. Maybe it's 2020 cause it's supposed to be so many years after that. But, uh, yeah, God, I would love it. I, I'm really looking forward to that episode where yeah. we talk, talk about it. Cause it's, it's a great one of that, like that cautionary stuff of, of yeah it's it's good it's really good. awesome
3: well this is super so, fun like i i like i said i had no expectations coming in but i'm fired up man this is a great great chat yeah.
0: <laughs> absolutely man it's a good time uh i probably should cut it short um, oh yeah we went we out.
3: went long even but i was having a great time so who cares yeah no no
0: it's a good it's a good time <laughs> but definitely check out that stuff let me know if you watch army of the dead especially let me know what you think about it because it uh I have this really high expectation on. It doesn't matter what it is I'm going to watch. I need to pause and say to myself, "This is a movie about zombies." (laughs) Like, just remember that. Like, cut it a little bit of slack. It's about (laughs) zombies, right? And so, uh, um, that's very healthy. But then, yeah, I don't do that because then the others, like my other, like what actually happens, I'm like. I can't believe they fucking made this shit. Like, this is garbage, you know? Like... I I could make something like that! Ah! Yeah, no. (laughs) So... Uh, but yeah, uh, trailer stuff, I would be all about helping you with trailers for sure. Um, if you, when you get to that point,
3: I didn't realize you're into trailers this way. That's actually pretty fun. I mean, we've certainly seen a bunch together, but I didn't know that.
0: (laughs) They're like this perfect movie, in my opinion. Yeah. There's, there are more movies than I could even tell you where I got, I watched the trailer and get super, like, I'm just like that like move to tears and chills and like, just like, this is going to be amazing. And the movie is nowhere near as good as the trailer was like, and that's what yeah. their purpose is. Like their purpose that it did exactly what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> got you
3: back to Netflix for Christ's yeah, sake.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, shit. But yeah, right. no, I, I love trailers. Love them. Absolutely love them. But it's my, it's my favorite part of going to the movies is, is to see Jesus. that like, 20 minutes of these mini movies that get you excited to come back to the movies, you know, like and the movie I'm watching, I'm there to see. I probably saw a trailer in another, like watching another movie, and like, and it just like I live for that 20 minutes of the trailers before yeah. the movie starts. That is like sometimes that's the best 20 minutes of the whole experience.
3: Yeah, wow, I hadn't thought of that, man. Like an onion, dude. Like I know you so many years. Every once in a while, there's one of these things. Why
0: talk to you about trailers like this? I feel like I've had this conversation before. Like that, it is. I think we talked
3: about trailers. I mean, we talked about trailers like Mr. J even that one time, but I just didn't re- realize that you were in, so into them specifically, or I forgot. Yeah, I, whatever. But uh but this has been. Really, I, I've liked that.
0: We made that one trailer for uh Death of a Salesman for that class that I was in. You <gasps> remember that?
3: Oh my God, I just did. Yeah, the Dustin Hoffman one, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I Whoa. had like all my clips that I wanted. Yes. And we like grabbed all those down and then like we recorded the heartbeat and stuff and like. Oh my God, yes. Oh, yeah. I want that. That
3: That's yeah. probably lost to the ages.
0: Oh, gone. I, I'm sure it's, I don't have any VHS tapes in this house. I, that's I think- a lie. I do. And it's one of your like Christmas tapes. That might be on that, actually. Oh, one, of the, one of those. That would be amazing.
3: Yeah, we where, made those together. Where, like, you
0: put out anything that was made over from that past year. Yeah. I have to I have to look. That might be on there.
3: Hold on one sec. This I'm not gonna include this in the uh thing, but I know where to find this picture quick of you and I putting those tapes together. Have a picture of it. Um Yeah, that was the year, nineteen ninety nine. We made so many things. That none of them were necessarily... Like all the Palmer's Pick shows and all that. None of them were necessarily worthy of like printing up bunches of copies of them on their own. But we made these compilations. I'm trying to find. I lost the chat. Here we go. Uh, Here it is. So this is a picture of you and I kind of finishing those up. Assembling them.
0: Oh, man.
3: Isn't that wild? That That's my mom's terrible. handwriting, December 99.
0: Just... Crazy man, as like so, those.
3: each of them was different, each of them had the thing that the person was.
0: Oh, uh, that's right, was in. Yeah, holy crap! Look <laughs> at us, we're just <laughs> that, pups. That, that picture, that <laughs> I want to know those guys. Oh, man, look at them. Oh,
2: we're
3: still Jesus. those guys. I'm still eyes, very much that guy.
0: Look at those hair, eyebrows, and then like... I I just noticed
3: that recently to me.
0: Yeah,
3: my I I had such bushy eyebrows. I don't know where they went. They're not really there anymore, but they were big.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, look at those things. They look like caterpillars just climbed. Holy bears just climbed up and took a nap. It's a
3: guy in uh, Schitt's Creek. I'm like him. I'm like Eugene Levy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Eugene Levy has those eyebrows. Those are Eugene Levy eyebrows. Holy shit. My beard, no gray in my beard. Yeah, uh, I couldn't grow hair on my cheek, so I would cha- I would do the Kevin Smith cut on my beard.
3: Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean it suits us. We're lo- I mean I'm looking a little rough, but you're looking pretty cool.
0: <laughs> I'm thin. Look how thin I am. In you're that.
3: trim. Yeah, yeah. That was was that
0: so big? Ninety nine. That was like my. Gra- if it was December of ninety nine. I would have yeah. just been out of high school. Just been out. So made the, so many I think, things <laughs> i think we made the trailer though would have been the following year because i oh. changed majors and uh I so i i don't know if i i know i for sure don't have that anywhere but i remember making it i
3: i, I just it. i'd forgotten about it but as you as you talked about i recall now because i've never seen that that movie and so i that my glimpse and i was vaguely aware and am of uh death of the salesman so was like Malkovich and, and Dustin Hoffman
2: right yeah yeah
3: i only know that from from selecting those clips with you and kind of making that trailer
0: yeah oh, oh fun fun what stuff what a
3: revelation yeah well, thanks for uh thanks for taking me down this uh this path it was really fun really fun yeah
0: thank you man it's always a good time you don't have to thank me but it's always nice to know that people are grateful so i appreciate that um, I'm grateful I, too.
3: Yeah, I love how uh you put me in a good mood, whether you know, just by surprise, <laughs>
0: you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so nice. I I was actually logging in and I'm just like because some for some reason the last hour before I got on the phone, my attitude just totally f- like, got gray all of a sudden. I oh, know. I was and not I'm, in a good
3: place either. But look I'm at us just, now.
0: <laughs> I'm just like, your text, you were like, well, you want to reschedule it? I'm like, he doesn't want to be on this. I don't even want to fucking be on this. I mean, <laughs> this. garbage I don't even fucking like.
3: I was struggling was like too. A,
0: as soon as I see your face, I'm just like, fuck all of this. Like, let me bitch about this food. Listen to me bitch about this food a little bit. Oh, he's laughing. I'm laughing. All right. That's awesome.
3: I, I think that's the idea. That's the yeah. uh,
0: it's just further proof that this is important, you know. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah. And that, I family in the apocalypse in the yeah, <laughs> yep. you know, the one you build, <laughs> the exactly. one you cultivate.
0: <laughs> exactly, that's that's family.
3: There it is. We sound like we should be in a Fast and Furious trailer. All that talk of like family. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks to Ash for joining us for the autophagy talk. Uh, thanks to my partner in pod Palmer for co-captaining this ship. Thanks to Moto for our rocking theme music. Thanks to you for listening or watching or both. I guess it could be. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to, and share it with anyone you think might enjoy it. Check out that Palmer's Picks uh, library; they're all streaming on Vimeo. You can find that link at LWSD Pod on Twitter or you can email lwsdpod at gmail.com, and I'll just send you the link in response. But all right, until next time. Cheers,
2: long walkers.